In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. Don't call me by my name. Just listen to what I gotta say on the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running show on the intranets for the Carolina Panthers. And uh, it's because we have this dedicated, dedicated group, this panel right here, that will not quit talking about the Carolina Panthers. And one of those members is Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, I'm a wonderful man. I would love to do nothing more than talk about my Carolina Panthers on a Tuesday night with my home dogs and the livest YouTube Panther fan base that there is. We've got the normals, Underground West, Susan Deans, Tim Tizzy, Chef Jeff, Panther Blue. Yes, Candy, even though I'll probably put them in timeout at some point. But whatever, it's all love. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. We got uh, Codizzle, at Codizzle Allen. You better follow and him And I have on an Twitter. echo, according to the chat room. Oh, there's an echo? For who? Everybody? I don't know. Just uh, a bad I, echo. I don't hear it on my end, but they may hear it in the YouTube chat, yeah. Um, mm, mm, mm. All right. Oh, I got it. I got it. Where are you at? Fixed. Say something. Fixed. Sorry, my voice is so annoying at the start of the show. <laughs> Tony, Mr. All right. I'm I think we got go. it fixed. I hope we got it fixed. I think I see the problem. All right. Uh, we also have uh, CK in the house. Codiz- at Codizzle Allen. What's up, boys? I'm on my way home, so that's why you're not seeing this ugly mug yet, but it's coming. <laughs> All right. Well, the hardest working man on the on the planet is my man CK, and we got we're gonna be going to that Seahawks game. We're excited, man. Even though we're trying to get over this loss, and we also got the Bat Daddy back. Greg, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I got my Batman gear on. Uh, today's the first day I felt normal. I just felt weird yesterday after that game. I mean, I had a game was Sunday, but like yesterday, the whole day, man, it was like a, a ass whooping hangover. And uh, today I felt a little normal, so I, I'm doing all right. Ready to get over this game. All right. Well, uh, it was a beatdown of beatdowns. We we kind of had uh, we aired our grievances, Cody, in the in the post game show. We had a giant turnout. Seventy people watched the show. Didn't get as many thumbs ups as we deserve, so make sure you make up for it tonight by smashing the thumbs up button and subscribing to the podcast. The post game show's already got twelve hundred over twelve hundred views. Those San Francisco 49er fans getting on our YouTube channel and gloating. But Cody, what was the dang final score when it was all said and done? Fifty one Ugh. Fifty one to thirteen. Brutal points, man. Just another embarrassing performance on a primetime stage in front of the world uh, and, and the country watching us uh, against one of the, you know, the more legendary NFL teams. Uh, and they just paddled our ass, you know. And, yeah, we had a lively debate uh, last pregame. We were both uh, – I feel like it was a tag team match. Me and Cody versus 
you and Greg on, is it the coaches, is it the players? I think ultimately we all did agree that it was on everyone. I mean, it takes a team and a staff to lose a football game that bad. Um, but for the large part, I'm still kind of feeling the same way. We have one of the better rosters in the NFL. I believe in this Carolina Panthers football team, and I believe that they're going to be able to make plays, and even if they have to, overcome some of their coaching staff woes in order to do it. This is the 40th episode of the season already, and tonight's show is uh, Get Right or Get Out, right? I mean, what the heck is that the Panthers got to get right or actually not get right or get out, get right or get lost. And you can take that how you want it. Is that with the uh, coaches? Is that with the court, The some of the players? I don't know. We're going to try to figure that out tonight and to see how meaningful this game is. we got a guest coming on at a half past the hour. His name is Stoney Keeley. He is um, the host of the unofficial Tennessee Titans podcast, which is also part of the Overtime Network, which the C3 Panthers podcast is also part of. So you can check out look at Google Overtime Network and Overtime Podcast to, to find your greatest podcast for your team or for opposing teams. I like to go listen to other people's takes because I know a lot about the Panthers, but we're trying to learn from Stoney what we're facing tonight. And the Titans are slightly rejuvenated under the leadership of Ryan Tannehill. So we'll be asking him about Ryan Tannehill, where their team's at, why they've been so wishy-washy, and how they can, uh, if they're starting to take steps forward. I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show. You can be a part of the show by calling in to the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. We try to cultivate a community of fans here. And you can see that community in the chat room right now. The people, they know what's up. Look, 89J Stubbs coming with a contribution already. He said, don't worry about the foot. Marty has a plan. Thank you, 89J Stubbs, Joey Esquivel, Susan, all of you for your support. Ken D, and if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, consider dropping us a line on Twitter. You can find me at cat underscore chronicles. Uh, guys, let's go ahead and talk quickly about this. Is Now we have a little time behind us. Where are we now after this loss? Are you in a worse place than you were in su- on Sunday? Or are you in a better place now that you've had it simmer a little bit? I'll let, uh, I'll let some of my other co-hosts jump in on this one first. Greg, Greg thinking, go for it. I'll, say, all right, I'll go ahead and hop on that. Um, I, you know, I, I don't really think I'm in a worse place. I still feel just as confident as I did about this team before as far as, um, you know, I always feel like they're going to be a, a competitive team. And I like I agree with Cody. We have a very talented roster. I don't think a one time getting your ass handed to you changes how good your roster is. I mean, sometimes it just happens. Uh, it, it does bring up some questions for me about what's going on in the future with our quarterback situation. I know it's just all the time. It's what we're talking about, but it's the biggest thing going on right now with our team. I have, I didn't have a lot of faith in Kyle Allen before. So there wasn't a lot to lose. Like I knew I could see through the woods and I could see he was a game manager. Uh, He's not a bad quarterback, but he's nowhere near Cam Newton. 
uh, when Cam Newton's fully healthy. Even when Cam Newton's not fully healthy, I think he's a better quarterback than this. My, my question I had to ask myself was, and actually I didn't, uh, I didn't ask this. My uh, my friend Sarah Taylor, who's probably in the chat room right now, uh, asked me, um, would we would the situation have been the same if Cam Newton would have been in there instead of Kyle Allen? Like, do you guys feel like we would have had the same result? Do you, or do you think that what happened didn't have as much to do about Kyle Allen, but just getting our asses whooped? It wouldn't have been as bad. You don't think so? No. I, I, would have, I would have trusted Cam Newton down the stretch to be a better quarterback and make some plays. And also when you – you know, I, I've had the chance to look a little bit uh, at different clips from the All-22. And even early in the football game, there were plays – um, that, you know, uh, even on little slant routes and things like that, where Cam Newton loves to connect with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Uh, yeah, Kyle Allen's a one-read quarterback. Uh, at least it was against San Francisco. Um, he wasn't reading the field well. Uh, he wasn't doing all the things that you have to do to be um, a starting-level quarterback in the NFL. So I do think that Cam Newton would have absolutely – have done better, but again, I'm going to be that old goat. Um, I, I just think that Kyle Shanahan ruled the day, and he had a better game plan, um, specifically for his offense against our defense. We had no answer for anything that they did, and it was just running the football. So I don't know that we would have won that with Cam Newton, but it certainly would have been a better performance than what was showed. I'll say one thing, and then I'm going to go radio silent for about five minutes. Um, so I don't think it would have been as bad. I don't think Cam Newton would have been the difference maker in this because I think then that goes against what our argument was on Sunday, which is that it's coaching. Um, but I do think that there was too many opportunities gifted to the 49ers. That, that 51 points, if you think about it, there's about 35 points that we gifted them with very short yardage, yeah. right? So you take that out of the equation. We had, what, three back-to-back fourth-down conversions that didn't convert while we were on their side of the field. The three interceptions gave them great field position on all three of those. It, you know, luckily one of – I mean, unfortunately, one of them was a, a big run back by Bosa. But at the end of the day, there was a lot of decisions that could have altered the outcome as far as the scoreboard. But I don't believe the actual outcome of the game would have changed had Cam Newton been in there. Okay. The only way and, I think that it would have changed, guys, is that if there was some sort of different confidence that the – all right, so here's the problem is that every time we tried to make a stand in that game and say, all right, we're putting our foot down, enough of this shit, we are making a stop here, we get a sack, we then just let them blast pi- past us or they came out with a three and out, you know – we never could put together two or three drives together, defense, offense, offense, defense. And maybe I guess Cam can contribute to that, but I don't think so. I think that this was on the defense this game while the offense was, uh, you know, they just were in a tough position. I'm not saying I don't want to absolve them. But at the same time, the defense let these guys run 240 yards on us. They put up 51 points, and their quarterback didn't even throw Crest over 175 yards passing. That's unheard of. I don't know if I've ever heard of that. And so we did hook them up. We hooked them up. And and like you said, helping them out in field position, maybe that's where Cam 
would have been do, done something different. But I, uh, Cody, feel worse about this game. I don't know what it is about this season, but I built these expectations in my secret expectations in my heart. When I look at what I thought was what could be, you know, you get these young receivers, you're expecting deep balls and Curtis Samuel just smoking mugs. Christian McCaffrey has lived up to that. But I feel like the word missed in and where I think I've walked closer to your hill, Cody, about Ron Rivera is I, I the reason I want to protect Ron Rivera is because I don't know what not Ron Rivera is, and I know he's a lot better than 55, 60% of the league in coaches. But where I have felt worse today than I did on Sunday is that this is a season of missed opportunities, whether it be the first game against the Rams. Do you remember how angry I was after the Rams game at your house? Because I felt like we missed yeah. a moment, missed a moment to seize an opportunity. You look at Tampa Bay, you're there on the goal line. You miss a moment to seize the opportunity. Now, Ron Rivera can't make the plays. But here, I think this week, you know, why were we not sharper? Um, and... I do think that you have a lot of credence to your position, but I also think we have a lot of credence that this is that like at some point these cats were just bad, right? And it don't matter what the coaches could have done, but you do have to say, why haven't they won? They haven't won the game for us yet. It's like the no. Graham, it's the Graham Gano conundrum is like you, you don't win us games. You don't always lose us games, but you just don't win them either. The Ken eight sixty seven said, "Don't say it, man. Don't say missed opportunities." I know. Uh, it's, Ron, it's Ron, Ron Rivera's favorite catchphrase. But you know, Tony, I really do understand what you're saying, man. I mean, even if anything, if you love Ron Rivera or if you hate Ron Rivera, he has represented a level of consistency in the Carolina Panthers organization. When year in year out, you know Ron Rivera is the leader of the football team. And it is scary to think about the future of the team outside of Ron Rivera. But I, I kind of go back to the metaphor that I was making at the end of the year last year. I wanted to pull that Band-Aid at that point in time because it's going to hurt more and more the longer that you don't do it. And now there are other head coaches that are, are no longer an option anymore. Now, that being said, the season is still very much alive. Uh, we're not dead by any means. We're four and three right now. Um, I just, I, I do feel that Ron Rivera, I mean, listen, this season, the man is coaching for his job. And if he I is think- not able to kick this team in the ass and, and, and have them understand the things that they're doing wrong and actually improve upon the things that they needed to do in order to remedy the mistakes that they made, Ron Rivera has to prove himself that he can transition this team from the early months of football to the later months of football where it matters far more. I don't know if why why this game bothered me so much because after an 0-2 start, we're 4-3, and you're playing a 6-0 and team. You know, did I, did I think we were going to win? I did. I thought that we were a good team. 
Uh, I didn't know how good the San Francisco 49ers were. But the problem that I have with this game, again, it goes kind of goes back to the Steelers game last year. And I don't want to overly draw that parallel, but the team is very well of this. It's the way we lost. You know, we talk about all these times where we lose by one score. We lose by one score. You're one play out. We weren't one play out in this game. We weren't one person out. We got just curb stomped. So I want you to think about this because we're going to go into the cat calls right after I read this copy ad right here. But I want you to think about this. Has Did this game potentially solidify the end of the Ron Rivera era? I know that's a lot to ask, but I mean, if the Panthers reel off something crazy, but what is it going to take to come back from this loss from a reputation standpoint with the ownership? But I do want to remind you guys, if you're going to try to head to the game on Sunday and the Panthers are going to get right against the Tennessee Titans, don't worry. Ryan Tannehill will fumble the ball forward like he did the last time we played him in (laughs) Miami. And win us the game. And if you want to go to this game and you want an easy way to get tickets, I suggest getting the Vivid Seats app. They have a Vivid Seats reward program that rewards you for your loyalty, kind of like when you go to a, a store and they have that little card the, that they appreciate you as a customer. It's easy. You download the app. You can find your seats. You can find a ticket for the price you like, and you can get to that game. Or you can go to the dang, well, it's too late to go to the World Series tonight. But, guys, Vivid Seats will hook you up. And don't worry, if you use the overtime code, and you need to use the overtime code because it lets you know that you listen to this show and that you care about what we say, Use that promo code OVERTIME to receive $100 uh, discount of up to $100. Don't forget, every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts to the biggest games to the hottest theater shows. Vivid Seats has it all. Get the app. Use the promo code OVERTIME. Guys, I think while we think on that question about Ron Rivera... And what this, or or maybe what I want you guys, and let's see where the cat calls take us. But what do you really think at this point that this season could be? And also, I got to shame the audience. There's 54 people watching now. We got 11 thumbs up. Smash the thumbs up, folks. Call into the cat calls line. The number's 252-228-5098. Let's see what you guys got to say. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Hey, yo, what up, Cat Chronicles crew? What's going on, guys? Yo, yo, this is Big J from uh, way out in sunny San Diego, California, man. Oh, beautiful place. Am, Thank uh, you, Big wow. Z. Just getting back home. And I've just been thinking about this game. Talk to us, Jay. Honestly, watch most of the game. Uh, first of all, let me say, let me go ahead and say, man, I really do enjoy what you guys do, man. I'm a huge Panthers fan, and I haven't really found a, uh, a resourceful podcast or anywhere to, like, find some quality content all the, you know, all the time. But you guys do a really good job, man. Thank you very I found much. Out about we your guys appreciate podcast that. this year. And I really do appreciate what y'all doing, man. It's been a, it's been a pretty good fun year just listening to y'all. So I really appreciate, appreciate what y'all it, brother. Do, but man, yeah, this game, dog. 
What do you guys think, man? Like, mm. I got one question. Hurts. I got two questions. Hurts my heart. Coming off a of bye week, how do you bring that performance coming off a of bye week? Like, what the hell was Ron Rivera and the yeah. coaching staff doing this entire bye week, bro? Like, how you put up? A, how do you put up a get fifty piece put up on you by the Niners? Mm. Like, it yeah. seemed like the Niners. It seemed like they were way more prepared. It seemed like they had the bye week and they were they were preparing for us. Like we should have been preparing for them. I don't understand mm. that shit, man. Giant questions. Second question, man. What happened to the offense, man? What's going on with Kyle Allen, dog? Like, what's going on with our receivers, he man? He is going Kyle on Allen. Back? How are we just going to rely on 22? Like, he's a beast, but, like, what's going on, man? Like, we got DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. And we're not using these guys. And, like, we could have attacked the Niners' defense. We could have attacked their weaknesses, man. And we just didn't get I don't done, know if man. they have any, to be honest. Dog. Like, like the, the Kyle Shanahan really just slapped Ron Rivera in the face. And just really showed him how to do his job, man. I yeah. don't know. What do you guys think, man? It's, it really does suck watching these, watching these games and watching the Panthers. Like we always hype them up, man. And like then we complain about how we don't get any kind of like love at all, any kind of love from the media, nothing. And then we have these fifty-piece games put on us, bro. It. Like what the, <laughs> like what the fuck, bro? It's like disrespectful, man. Like yeah. I've been hyping up our defense for this entire week, and this is what we get, bro. Like it's, it's it's disrespect now, but you know it is all, it is what it is, man. We got to keep moving forward. It's gonna be nice seeing Cam Newton come back. Um, we'll see what's going on. I'm I'm really looking forward to to Cam coming back, man. This team we need our mojo back, and hopefully he brings his mojo back and get this shit rolling, bro. But you know as it is always, man. Keep pounding. We'll live another down, man. We'll see we'll see the next week. Well, we got the Titans. We'll see what's going on, man. But you guys keep doing what y'all doing, man. I appreciate I appreciate what y'all do. Uh, looking forward to the podcast on Tuesday. Uh, keep pounding though, man. Checking out. Keep pounding. Oh. Appreciate you, brother. And shout out to our den mother, Susan Dins, for the fourteen ninety nine love bomb. You wow. know we love you, Susan. Um, yeah, I mean, really, the caller. Uh, I'm I'm just being honest. The caller said a lot of what I was saying on the post camp show, and so listen, I want to. I want to make something abundantly clear because a lot of times I'm very hard on North Turner and I mean, just flat out. I don't believe that Turner can do um, what say a Kyle Shanahan or a Sean McVay or an Andy Reid can cook up. Um, But with that said, this loss was not really on Ron Rivera. I mean, it was not really on North Turner. It was on Ron Rivera. This was a hundred percent on Ron Rivera not being able to adjust the defense, which, by the way, the defense is his calling card. And again, by the way, played Kyle Shanahan multiple times before when Shanahan was with Atlanta. So he knew what kind of things Shanahan does well. Um, And even still, uh, Ron Rivera's defense, which all of us believe to be one of the better defensive fronts in the NFL, um, didn't look that way. And that's 100% on Eric Washington, one, but then on Ron Rivera, even more so. Uh, Our and, run and defense that, is suspect, dude. Our run defense is suspect. And I know and that why is coaching. Is that? I know that's part coaching, but I also wonder if that has to do with our our new system. Well, I, no, I don't. I, I mean, I, I'll let you go right after this, Greg. I, I'm not buying that, man. I, okay. I do not buy that the three, four, it's easy to run the football against. There are so many football teams that run the three, four, 
that have stout run defense. I, I just I, I I'm not a, a buyer in the mindset that you either defend the run or defend the pass. I believe that you can do both from a four three or a three four, but you have to know what you're doing. Well, well we were know, out of but, our players at were out of position, Greg. They were out of position. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera talked about it in the press conference. I discipline. But I tell you one thing is that I think I got more frustrated about Ron Rivera after I watched his press conference. And I used to feel like I liked Ron Rivera in his press conference, a super steely resolve, a unshaken confidence that if we do things right, things will get better. I didn't. I think the media takes it way too easy on Ron. Is they asked him this today? He said, "Yeah, there were some things that we could have done differently that would have helped." And he said, "And we did some of those things too, and they worked." And then everybody just left the question alone. I want to know what were those things? When did you do them? And prove it to me, Mug. Prove it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, going back to what you were talking about before about asking about the the three four defense is maybe the reason why we're not being such as good of a run defense. I think it was about the middle of last year when the streak was broken. I think we'd had like, I think a season and a half without a single hundred yard rusher on us, and then I'm not sure the exact numbers. And then somebody broke it last year, and then I think every game this season we've had a hundred over a hundred yards rushing on us. On our first year, we've been doing the three four, so I don't know if it has anything to do with it because I'm not as well versed with that kind of stuff. But uh, I mean, it, it could. I mean, the, the 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 stats point to that. That's what it is, you know. Um, so I I think I kind of I think that may be part of the reason why our run defense is not as good. Our pass defense is much better than it was, or than it has been in historically. But we have better players on our defensive line this year than we did last year. I mean, the only player maybe we're missing that wasn't as good that last year that we have this this year is. Um, Thomas Davis, but we've made up for that, you know, with a few players on the defensive line, and we are giving up more rushing yards per game. So I think it does have to do with the three-four scheme. Now, Cody, what you were saying is there are plenty of three-four teams that can uh, stop the run. I just think that this may be for us, maybe the reason why we're having such a hard time stopping the run because ever since we've changed to it, I, I have to go back and look at it, but I think we've given up at least a hundred yards rushing every game this year. No, that is a good point. I mean, only I one think, we didn't. Um, only one game. It, it is. Tampa. It is new for us, and mm-hmm. that is true. It's not new for um, Ron Rivera. I mean, it, it is in that he's having to try these shoes on again and, and go back to doing something that he isn't used to doing. But uh, I mean, listen, and when you're able to win in the trenches. It masks a lot of things. Wow. And, you know, when you're able to get after the quarterback and, and you're getting pushed and you allow uh, Luke Kickley and Shaq Thompson to flow to the football, it, it makes everything easy. So, um, you know, with that said, I just feel like we are very dependent upon our defensive line winning their one-on-one matchups. And if that doesn't happen, then it's really easy for – uh, these offensive lines to pull and get to the second level and allow teams to run the football on us. And I think um, what I'm afraid of going forward, uh, specifically coming into Tennessee with Derrick Henry uh, coming at us, um, is that teams are going to continue to run the football because now, I mean, the 49ers have shown what's effective, how you face a, an aggressive Ron Rivera 3-4 defense. So yeah. 
that's why adjustment at this point in time is everything. I mean, it, it's do or die right now for Ron Rivera and this defense. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think – I agree with you that there should be in-game adjustments made uh, if something's not working, but I don't think we should change our entire scheme because we got blown up by the best rushing offense in the NFL right now. And yeah, I, mean, I you agree. Got that consideration. they got a three-headed monster, and they're the best rushing offense in the NFL. So, I mean, I don't want to get blown up by them, but I, I don't think we should immediately change our game plan. We should game plan for the opponent, not not uh, not, not just have one broad game plan for everybody. I agree. Uh, Tony, one question I wanted to ask you, actually, Cody and Tony, uh, you mentioned something earlier about Ravon Rivera being on the hot seat. I haven't heard that anywhere in stories in the media. I haven't heard people talking about it. And he sure doesn't coach like he's on the hot seat. Do you think he really is, or do you think it's just speculation from us? Because he's definitely not coaching aggressive. I can't, I can't say. Win. I can't see how he's not. I, I agree. I can't see how he's not either, I but I don't cannot, see anything about it. I, well, that's because... I think that people would be stoking the fire a little bit, maybe quicker. You know, they're yeah. worried. They're worried about this. And they're worried about the one thing that I worry about when I say, I kind of think that that game probably was one of a big nail in Ron Rivera's coffin. Mm. And the reason I think this is I don't think in one game he's lost anything. It's not like this. I mean, yeah, the Panthers could reel off 10 straight or whatever, 9 straight, and then kick ass. But that's kind of a pipe dream. Even, I mean, maybe Cam can do it. You know, maybe Cam can Willis. Maybe this is a fluke. But we're coming off a couple of years. You know, you're, I think the the novelty or the allure of 2015 is worn off, right? It yeah. wore off last year. Yes, we gave up. I think the, I think the, the ownership did the right thing, keeping people together, understanding that, that uh, Cam Newton was hurt, not being rash, but I don't know right now. I think what I've just, I've gotten, I've, I've just been so disappointed in the last couple of years with Ron's teams and our team, our team, is that there we don't seem to have a laser like a laser focus. Yeah. At times no. where we really know we should, you know, it's one thing to have a game where you get a trap game and people beat us, and you you were really good and you didn't you missed the moment everything was going too well and it was a trap. But that doesn't seem like this is. This seems like the Pittsburgh game. It seems like every time we get an opportunity to really say, fuck you, we got the big dick, we shrivel and we pre-eject, you know. <laughs> that's what I think. Is yeah, that, and that's where, it. I mean, and, that, and, and at some point, I know I think it's execution of this and that. I think it's this, but at, at, at what point do we just say the team just didn't have the right – mentality and i don't know that's where i'm kind of i think cody's been just indoctrinated. i've been i've been i've been hammering this home listen and i kind of want to make this clear you know we're fans when we talk about firing people like none of this is ever personal and i even said this last year i'm sure that ron rivera is a great man an even better father and i have no doubt in my mind that all the players love him but um, uh, CK, uh, I think it was last week, made a perfect comparison for Kyle Allen to Case Keenum and the 2017 Minnesota Vikings. Well, in my mind, 
Ron Rivera is Chuck Pagano, the former head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Everyone loves him. People love to be around him. But at a certain point, after so many years, it's become easier for the team to kind of tune him out. And that's coach just talking. And there isn't a lot of urgency to what Ron Rivera says anymore. And uh, I I missed so many opportunities. I maintain that when you have, right, when you have had two seasons in a row where you're in prime time and you're thoroughly embarrassed, this time coming off of a bye, I mean, who does that? None of the better coaches in the NFL would ever let that happen. And it's now that we have to be honest enough with ourselves to say that that's a problem. Now our team is having to overcome that. And it's difficult because I'm an optimist, man. I want to look forward to the Tennessee Titans and not have to worry about this. But I've I've felt this way for a long time, and I'm just not very confident um, at all anymore about Ron Rivera and him bringing us to the next level I and think utilizing this talent. Maybe, though, and in defense of Ron, is maybe we've overinflated the talent of our roster. Possibly. Very possibly. I, I don't think so, man. I really okay. don't. All right. Let's I go to really the next don't. call. Our, our our guest's gonna be coming soon, so let's uh let's go on to the next call, see what they got. Yep. Yo, what's good, C three Nation? It's uh Big J again from San Diego, California, man. I actually Talk wanted to, to talk, one, ask one more question, man. I just saw a tweet from Cody um uh, asking about or he pointed out something about Ron Rivera's uh winning streak and how he's just not an efficient uh current modern day coach. And um, he had nine seasons, and he only had three winning seasons. I just wanted to ask you guys one more question, man. Like, no matter what happens throughout the season, even if we have a successful season, is this the last year for Ron Rivera? I th- yeah, I like, think you're reading our minds, brother. Yeah, Because even if he has a winning season, you still look at his overall record. What do you think? Let me ask this you this. Last, what this will the it end take? Of the road for Ron? Are we just going to write it out, see what happens? Or what do you guys think, man? What will it take? From you guys, but, you know. Keep on the man. You gotta take it easy. Yeah, thank you for the support. Thank you for the call. What would it truly take? You know, and that is, do the Panthers just get to the playoffs? Which is going to be a milestone in itself. You know, is that the way that the Saints keep the division is one game away from being out of reach? I feel like. I mean, I haven't done the math yet. But they're starting to pull away. Well, We've yeah, and no, the, one, and no one descends and how consistent they are. They, yeah, don't, and they, they don't seem to be getting worse. Drew Brees came back. He didn't miss a beat. Right. No. But mathematically, they're only two games ahead of us, and we still have to play them twice. So we're, yeah, I mean, we're, not, we're not by any means out of, the, out of the chance of winning this division. A hundred percent. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm trying to toe the line of, being honest about Ron Rivera and the coaches, but at the same time, I'm not done with this season yet. I'm not giving up on this season. Um, I, I believe too much in the players on this football team, and that's why I said I disagree with you, that I don't think that we inflated the roster, but now we've been humbled. We've had our asses paddled like children, and now it's time to turn it on and put up a shut up. Mm-hmm. And, and Ron Rivera, I mean, listen, every day you have to prove that you are worth you're a job. And Ron Rivera has to do that now because David Tepper is not going to take another season where we start out on fire 
and didn't fall off of a cliff. Not only is it embarrassing, but David Tepper did not pay almost $3 billion for a football team to be an embarrassment after getting everyone's hopes up. Yeah. Well, well, you know, going back to, to what you were talking about a, a moment ago, we're like just now with the uh, two primetime games, how we've been embarrassed in the last two years. Well, last year's primetime game with the, with the Steelers, look at it realistically. We were in that game until, until the hit, until Cam Newton got hurt. We, we were yeah. well in that game. We, we were handing it to him. So coaching was doing well, and, and then the players were doing well. Uh, and, and as far as the rest of the season goes, I know you just said, you know, having a great beginning of the season and tanking, or not tanking, but just kind of dropping off. It's all because of the Cam Newton injury. I fully believe that if Cam Newton was healthy last year, 13-3 season. 13-3, 12-4, maybe easy division win. Well, I got a you good know? friend that says if my aunt had nuts, she would be my uncle. <laughs> That's true. Am I that friend? True. Yes, you are that friend. um, I'm I'm interested, though, in what it would take. You know, what if is is it ten and six, and you and you miss the playoffs? Does that keep you? Um, I'm interested also in this. Is what I mean? There is there are some things I think. If somehow we scrape, Cam comes back, we get back on track, and we win the division. I mean, I think you got to stay, right? You can't fire him then. Um, if you finish strong and make the playoff, but I feel like if you finish at 500 right now, right now, I don't know how much longer we can keep just saying, well, what if, what if, what if my aunt was my uncle? Yeah. I tell you, I tell you what I don't want is I don't want a Marvin Lewis situation where every year we have the same coach who is just not like. Well, that's what Cody's saying. That's what Cody's saying. All right, let's go to the next call. The number's 252-228-5098. Hey guys, Kyle from VA. Um, just calling back to the last uh, show. Uh, just finished listening to it. Um, not to harp on what we were talking about Sunday, but uh, to, to to say that football is not a game of chess. When you go back and watch the film from this game, I don't know how you say that. I mean, when you go back and watch how the Forty ers ran their offense. And how they pull yeah. their guards, how they block with their fullbacks, how they do little delayed pitches, how they scheme around a decent but not great quarterback, and just I mean absolutely tore us apart. When you have, when you're pulling your guards the right way, when you know what type of personnel you have, what they can do, what their strengths and weaknesses are, that's how you destroy a team like that we we have i think it's overinflated how much they did that been the it's not though. yes it is so they took that it's in so not as their, as their game plan and the, just go back and watch how they how how they were running their their misdirections their sweeps their receivers and and how they were i watched their it guards, their freaking they blocking, tackle would just maul dudes steal the edge Block and release because he knows that pulling guards gonna be right on his fucking ass. Yeah. When he releases, he knows that guard's gonna hit that edge next and that fullback can go to the next level. That's just that's good coaching. That's a coach beating it into his players' edge. Well, I'll give you that. Beating technique. Beating technique. But I just I don't see how you say football's not a game of chess. And also 
I'm gonna try to fit this into one call. I don't think we um, said it wasn't a game of chess. When yeah. I was talking about tanking the season, I don't want to because I want to see the Panthers make the playoffs, make a deep run, and try to compete for the Super Bowl every year. But unless you're the Patriots, you're not gonna compete for the Super Bowl every year. Mm. And when this injury came out about Cam and the list, Frank. My understanding was that that's a pretty significant injury. Yeah, I agree. Cam saying he can't this. even run around the stadium, and now we now we're calling for Cam to come back next week. I I, I pray to God that Ron not Rivera coming not back till Green Bay. That. I mean, there's no way Cam's back to 100. percent You put Cam back in there at 90, percent we're not going to do nothing. And when you look at these other teams, there's a, that's a real the 49ers, concern. Undefeated, the Seahawks—they're going to be a wild card. Vikings. The 49ers don't fall off a little bit and and take Lions. that wild card. All right, so I do want to address this as someone who plays an unhealthy or a very healthy amount of chess. I play chess nonstop, like chess.com app, folks. Add me, True King eleven eleven. We'll oh, go yeah. at it. These daily games, man, are the best. But I tell you this: is that sometimes my best chess is when I just smash mugs, and that is you just pummel them and pummel them and pummel them, and that's what the 49ers did to us. But before we get – our guest is here, but before we get to him, because he's part of the Overtime Network, he knows about this, is that we're halfway through the season, folks, and the Panthers are hosting the Tennessee Titans. We're four-and-a-half-point favorites. And I think it's a 42 over under. If you want to, if you want to get in on the action, you need to go to mybookie.ag. Be sure to use the promo code Overtime. It's the most trusted sports book in America. It's easy. You check the lines. You can bet on props. One of the things I'm into right now is following the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, or you can bet on players if they get an assist. You can do prop bets. You can do mid-season bets. You can buy points in the middle of a game if you don't like where you're standing. MyBookie.ag is a place to go where you know that you're going to put your money in. It's safe. And if you are a good, smart wagerer, you're going to win and you're going to get paid. MyBookie.ag. You can bet on anything from Cody. Isn't there a big uh, MMA fight right now, like tonight or sometime? Yes, there is a Saturday night. Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal for the official bad motherfucker belt. That is a real <laughs> belt that the UFC is actually giving away. So, nice. yes, I am pumped for that. So you go to mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. If you use the overtime code, they will match your first deposit up to $1,000. Mybookie.ag, overtime, say C3 Panthers sent you, but we don't give you betting advice. I'm going to talk to Rafael Esparza later on in the show, but don't listen to my betting advice. It's all just for fun. Put your money there. It's safe. All right, let's go on to the next segment of the show. Sorry, Stony Keeley, Overtime Network. Go ahead and unmute your mic. The um, uh, the unofficial Tennessee Titans podcast. I love the name. Take that. Copyright that, Mugs. Come That's at right. me, bro. Right? But uh, Stony right. Keeley, did I pronounce the Keeley part right? You sure did, my man. I, I appreciate that. It doesn't happen very often. 
All right. Well, at one point they used to call me Stony Tony. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, 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 don't, say, don't tell nobody. That. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, we brought you on. Look, is that uh, first? Thank you for jo- taking your time out. I had the email. I sent the email in my mind at eight forty-five. I'm sitting here looking, and it's sitting there right in the drafts. Boom. Hit send, Tony. Hit ten. But the um, the Panthers are going to host the Tennessee Titans. And I hate to offend you as the first moment you come out on the show, but we have titled the show Get Right or Get Lost. And we need the Titans to be a get-right team. And that's what we're looking at them as. But the Titans have been winning a little bit. Ryan Tannehill takes over. There's a lot of things to talk about. We don't know a ton about the Tennessee Titans. So as you are approaching the Carolina Panthers game, here's the mic. What's on your mind? Well, I can tell you I don't know what to make of this team because they've only unequivocally won two games this season. They've only unequivocally lost two games this season. They could easily be six and two. They could easily be two and six, but they're sitting there at four and four right now. And I'm listening to a little bit of C3 before you have me on there. You guys sound like you're having a rough week, Uh, but I can assure you that uh, Kyle Shanahan ain't taking that field on Sunday. And a lot of teams (laughs) have had, have had bad performances against the 49ers this season so far. I, I, I think this game is going to make Ron Rivera look like a genius. You guys are going to be having a totally different show next week. Wow. I, I like your confidence, sir. Listen, the, the people in <laughs> the people in Nashville don't like what I have to say about the Titans, right. but well, I'm on it. First of I all, it no, I I think I, you sound to me like what a, I would expect a Titans fan to sound like. Is that but right? For some reason. Is that good or bad? Well, because this is I hate the Titans. I'm going to go tell you this. I'm honest. I hate the Titans, and it's not because I hate the team themselves, but I go on a weekly radio spot on my buddy's radio show. We do picks every week, right? At some time in the past, the Tennessee Titans have been my darling, and they failed me. I've been more on the (laughs) Bills train for the last four years, I feel like, but I just never get the Titans. I never can figure them out. When I think they're going to win, they lose miserably. When I think they're going to lose miserably, they somehow find to be to be a, to be relevant or win. And that's where I think that what you sound like is realistic on this is it's hard to gauge who the Titans truly are. It's week to week, it's wishy-washy, and it's not even like uh, you can see a a momentum <clears throat> building. Right when you think you're building momentum and building a culture, you're rebuilding at quarterback. Yeah, you said it better than I could have myself. And sure, the Titans are on a two-game win streak right now, and and people are optimistic about that. But if you look at those games, it took a bizarre ending against the Chargers and Melvin Gordon fumbling at the goal line, Jarrell Casey recovering for them to win that game. Last week, they're fortunate to win the Bucs game. They were gifted two... Two starting field positions inside the 10 that uh, Ryan Tannehill threw touchdown passes on. They convert that. And and even later in the game, Mike Vrabel goes for a fake field goal that for some reason, for some reason, the refs blew the whistle dead uh, or else you're talking about another Tampa Bay touchdown. The Titans don't win that game. So, like I said, this is very close to a two and 16. So, Stoney, uh, this is Cody, by the way. I'm going to jump in and uh 
ask you a question right quick here. And, you know, we're in the same division as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we have uh, Gene from the Buck What You Heard podcast on all the time. And that 2015 draft is, is such a story between Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. And we know what Tampa Bay fans, for the most part, think about Jameis Winston, but we really don't ever get an opportunity to hear what Tennessee Titan fans one feel now about Marcus Mariota, which has been benched. So I'm sure you have some feelings about that. But was there ever the feeling that Mariota was going to turn it on and become that franchise quarterback? And uh, give, give us an idea of some of the, the 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 feelings that Titans fans have had towards him and where you are with him now. Yeah, I think there was definitely a hope at one point during his career, specifically his 2016 season. It really looked like Mariota was about to take the next step as a quarterback. And we had found our guy the the Titans have had quarterback woes ever since Steve McNair was uh, was cut and signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I I don't care what you guys have to say about Vince Young. Get out of here with that talk. I was never Vince Young guy, but. Mm There, there was a time when this fan base was very hopeful that Mariota would be the guy. In the last couple of years, though, his play and his health concerns have sort of divided the fan base. Now, I think multiple things can be true about Marcus Mariota, and I, I think our fan base has a tendency to lead one side or the other. I think it's true that he didn't play well enough to firmly entrench himself as the guy in Tennessee. That said, I also think it's true that this Titans coaching staff has no idea how to adequately use him. And he's you've seen the turnover at offensive coordinator. He's he's played in several different offenses. The health concerns are there, too. But neither of those things excuse the bottom line that he just hasn't gotten it done. So I think I think moving on. Oh, he broke up. He broke up. Stone, you might have to drop out and come back in. Your, your webcam froze on us. But okay. um, so, I, I do Cody, tell us where he, he was at. Yeah, he, he was talking to us about, um, uh, you know, I asked him about Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota and how they're, they're kind of tied to one another. Um, and, and that, you know, they were both drafted one and two. And, um, yeah, after 2016, they, they, they thought Marcus Mariota was going to be the man. And then, um, you know, it, it seems very similar to Jameis Winston. Marcus Mariota has had a lot of offensive coaching turnover in this time with the Titans. So um, I understand the frustration. You Dude, know, I'll, the, I'll tell you exactly what it okay. uh, Greg, didn't um, I think that Jameis Winston threw both of them through picks in their opening games on the opening drive, I believe, when they first started last year, and maybe Jameis on the first pass of his career. I would believe it. Like I definitely wouldn't think it went true. It's funny listening to to him, like all the three of y'all talk about this and everything, because I read an article today about the the Panthers and the Titans and how they're the exact same team. One's in the AFC, one's in the NFC. And the way I sit here and hear him describe Titans fans towards Titans and the quarterback, it, it does sound eerily similar because it's the way it is in Carolina. You have fans on both ends of the spectrum. You either love Cam or you hate him. You know? Right. And 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 it's the same kind of thing. The Nobody loves Mariota, though. Well, I think he's saying there are some people who do. Because how? he was what in the 2016 season. Well, the 2016 season, I think they won 12 games. He had like 37 touchdowns and 
That was before he got yards. hurt, right? Before he got right. that major injury. He has year. never um, been and, good since. And so uh, Stone is joining us again. But real quickly, uh, this this happened that we didn't get a chance to mention. It. Shout out to William Robinson for the $10 love bomb in the oh, chat. Nice. He Thank says, you. if Ron doesn't make the playoffs, he is gone. But at least we're not the Georgia Pigeons. Keep pounding. So kudos to William Robinson. And thank you so much for the love and support. Stoney, do you hear us? I hear you guys. Sorry about that. My shit just totally crashed on me. (laughs) No, that's okay, man. Don't worry. We do a live show. I don't know how you record your podcast, but we do it live, and there's always freaking problems. Like, kudos to live broadcasts throughout the world. They make it look easy. It's so hard. Don't see how they do it. Yeah, I can't figure it out. All right, but get uh, back in there. Go ahead, uh, Greg. Start Segway him in. Well, Cody, were you done? Yeah, I mean, I was just okay. getting the end of it. Well, okay, one last little thing that's tied to the question. Are you confident now in Tannehill moving forward? Do you think that he is an adequate enough quarterback to carry the reins and run a, run an offense that can at least, you know, be enough to uh, compete in the AFC South? And clarify, Cody, do you mean, like, for the rest of the season or beyond? I mean, really for the rest of the season. I, I mean, I don't I don't know if anyone believes that Tannehill is a long-term option. I'd love to know your opinion. I see you shaking your head. But just for the rest of the season, do you have enough faith that Ryan Tannehill can deliver the goods? I absolutely do because the things he's doing are uh, helping to mask some of the issues that the offensive line is having. And that's been a huge issue for the Titans uh, this season, starting with Taylor Lewan serving a four game suspension to start the season, but he's getting the ball out quicker. He's sensing pressure in the pocket better, not getting sacked as much. And uh, he is throwing the, throwing the ball better. So I do think this season he gives the Titans a better chance to win long-term. I don't think he's anything more than a placeholder, but uh, as far as 2019 goes, yeah, I think Tannehill's the guy. Okay. Well, uh, you know, that actually kind of segues into my, my questions about uh, Tannehill and Mariota as well. And, uh, you know, I was reading up some articles today on the Titans. And, oh, I'm Greg, by the way. I didn't introduce today. What's going on, man? Yeah, Stone, we don't introduce ourselves. We just pepper you with questions, <laughs> dude. By the way, I'm Tony. Um, You've been talking to Cody. <laughs> this is Greg. I got you guys, man. I was watching before you had me on. Thank so I, I got it down. You're doing uh, your yeah, homework. Cool. Well, my question for you is, um, I was reading an article today, and I don't know how long it was written. I think it may have been about a week or two ago, uh, where where, uh, Vrabel was talking about how there is, he's not closing the door to reversing the decision and having Mariota come back and benching Tannehill based on the game plan and what they thought was best for it. Now, what do you think that does for your quarterback's mind and psyche? Do you think it has anything, like, is Mariota injured? Are they trying to mask an injury? Or does Vrabel just not know who he wants to go with? Because... The difference in their numbers, you're looking at talking about one touchdown per game passing and about 50 yards average passing per game. Now, Tannehill does have about a 73% completion rate, where Mariota's about a 59, so that's a big difference. And he's won. He's won, too. He's won. That's true. Won this year. But I guess my question is, uh, is is Mariota injured? Like, why would Vrabel come out and say something like that? Because if you're going to have Tannehill the rest of the way, you don't want him looking behind his shoulder. And if you're not going to put Mariota in, don't don't give him that hope. You know, and by that, the way, you got Tyler Haneke today. So 
That is that is a very Mike Vrabel thing to say, and I yeah. wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't read I wouldn't read too much into it at all. I don't think Mariota's hurt. If if he was hurt, you know, I don't think they would have been. He's sorry, him, man. I hate to say it. He's sorry. I, He's just not you good. Know, I'm at that point. I was a believer at one point, but after seeing that Broncos game, I'm sorry, you're telling me it's 2019 in the NFL and you can't score a single point against anybody? It was kind of crazy. But to get back to the question about Mike Vrabel, this is kind of his version of coach speak in a way. Whenever he was first brought into Tennessee to coach the Titans, the um, the question was, oh, is this going to be a run-heavy offense? Are you going to try and air it out with Marcus Mariota and all this stuff? And his answer was always, we're going to do whatever we have to do to win the game, which to me sounds like we're not going to have an identity, boys. He's a Bill Belichick. He's from the Bill Belichick tree. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know? Well, when it comes to Tannehill, how about this? Is that this is the bizarre thing? Is that Mariota was so bad, and and I didn't even watch him. I could just watch the box score and tell it was that bad. Yeah, because I was just irritated. Like I said, I've been irritated by the Titans because when I went to believe in them, they always let me down. But the thing with uh, I went and picked up. I was in a struggle on my fantasy football team, and as soon as Tannehill was named the starter. I went and picked up Corey Davis. Yeah. And you know what? There is a slight spark. I don't think it's a long-term spark. Tannehill, and and you asked this, Greg, I think you said, is he, is, what is he, bro? I don't know what you said, but I just thought Tannehill can't be, that. oh, that comment by Vrabel will not shake Tannehill. No, Anything no, so. that has already happened to Tannehill, if he ain't shook for life, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. He's playing with house money. That's the way I see it. But here, yeah. tell us about this. Is why is the offensive line such a problem? You had that. You had that weird video. I thought it was slightly weird where Taylor Lewan put on the production and said, "I didn't." We had this happen to us. By the way, <laughs> the same thing happened to us last season with a person that we care a lot about. The Walter Payton Man of the Year, Thomas Davis, also was suspended for four games to start the season for a supplement issue. And you always got to wonder, like, what the heck are they saying what they're saying? So he put on that cool production in his little man cave bus or whatever. Lawan poured his heart out. Turns out he poured the entire offensive line out. They've given up, I think, almost 40 sacks on the season. Why is it so bad? I don't know, man. This is this is the sixth highest paid offensive line in the NFL. I mean, oh. they made Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Lewan. They made Taylor Lewan the richest left tackle in NFL history a season ago. They they brought in Roger Saffold to play left guard and paid him an ungodly amount of money. You got Ben Jones and then a former All Pro right tackle and Jack Conklin. None of them are playing worth a shit right now. You draft <sighs> Nate Davis with a third round pick out of Charlotte to play right guard, and it's just not working. I mean, they're fortunate like Charlotte to have- in our state. That little no, school. I'm, I'm- I'm glad you mentioned that because I was I was curious. Well, so I'm a, I do work for DraftTech.com. I analyze college players coming into the draft, and um, I was really high on Nate Davis's potential to play guard. So it's interesting to hear you say that he's been disappointing. 
Well, I wouldn't say that he's been disappointing. He's been what you would expect out of a third-round draft pick that you're thrusting into a starting right guard spot. And I think there's still a feeling in Nashville that – this guy's going to blossom into a good offensive lineman right now. But when you pair him, pair that with all the other issues that are going on along the offensive line, then it, it sort of exacerbates every guy's individual struggles. Right. What's the okay. health issue there on the offensive? Is it just poor play or are guys banged up? Well, <laughs> they didn't play Roger Saffold a lot in the preseason. And the thinking was that it's, it's the preseason. He's a vet. He knows the knows the routine by now. They're just resting him for the regular season. But after seeing him in the regular season, I don't know. I, I mean, you've got Ben Jones going down, missing plays. You've got Taylor Lewan going down, missing plays. This is the the game against Tampa Bay, by the way. And it just kind of seems like if if something can go wrong with the, this unit, it is going to go wrong. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how to read this when guys are laying on the field, writhing in pain. And then the next thing you know, they're back on the field after the next play. So it's just, it's just a weird dynamic. Cody, I do have one question for you. I'm going to turn the mic to my co-host and, and what, what really freaks me out about this matchup is that our pass rush has been impressive right until this yeah. San Francisco game right but you could say they're running the ball you can't rush the passer when he don't have the ball i get that but historically over the past 3 years when the Carolina Panthers have played bad offensive lines i want to go back to 2017 with the Saints they had sucked and sucked and sucked and i mean it was the first 2 weeks we go to game 3 and you're thinking the Panthers' defensive line is going to feast. They get nothing. Right now we're in a position where you want this team to feast on this offensive line and these struggles. But I have a secret fear that's one of those times where we don't. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, my fear, and I said this a little while ago, is that the 49ers kind of exposed us a little bit. And I'm specifically worried about Derrick Henry, man. Listen, Ooh, let's talk about I, it. I'm a I, I'm a Clemson fan. Okay, I'm wearing a Clemson shirt right now, so I, I'm I'm very familiar with them in Alabama. Uh, he won uh, the Heisman over Christian McCaffrey the year that McCaffrey was eligible. So, I, and and one of the things that, and I'm sure Stoney can back me up on this, is that he's not just a bruiser. I mean, he is a, a running back that they bounce to the outside a lot. He's agile. Um, he has um, surprisingly fluid hips. I mean, he is a versatile do-it-all running back. And I'm really worried that, um, you know, the 49ers have kind of shown how to beat us. Move the offensive line, put an extra blocker back there. And, and when you have a type of player like Derrick Henry, I just, man, that that's a matchup that, frightens me a little bit cody i am so glad that you said that i've done so many shows where people are just like oh derrick henry's big he's just gonna mow through people not at all that's not the running back he is at all but i will say this with the offensive line struggling i think the key to this matchup is going to be getting pressure on the titans and i think if you can get in the backfield Derrick Henry has shown that he's not exactly able to get things going when you get to him early. Once he gets, you know, a yard or two. He needs a little steam. He needs a little steam. 
once he gets a yard or two downfield, then you got problems. If he gets to the second level, he's going to outrun any linebacker in the league and he's going to mow down any any defensive back in the league too. That's when you that's when you got problems. But I think this Panthers defensive front does have an opportunity to get into the backfield and get to him before he can get going. Yeah. You know, I just just adding on to that. Uh, you know, I was looking up Derrick Henry stats, and you know, for from I don't pay that much attention to a lot of Titans games, but they're actually surprisingly lower than I thought they would be. I mean, he's only averaging three point eight yards per carry. He's got yeah. he's gonna if he finishes the season on the same track he is, he's gonna have about eleven hundred yards and ten touchdowns. Which is is not the little guy season. there too? Still, is the little guy there from Deion the Patriots? Lewis? Yeah, is he yeah, still Deion, there? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, oh, wow. for Titan okay. fans. Yes. All right, continue, Greg. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I would say it, it surprises me because anytime I see Derrick Henry on TV or I hear about him, I just see great runs and great plays, and, and people, you know, really, really boost him up. But I looked up his stats, and they're they're, they're not bad, but they're definitely not somebody that's going to strike the fear into the heart of me. Mm, you know, like, sure like that. So. Yeah, and I think if you look back, if if I'm not mistaken, before the Tampa Bay game or before the Los Angeles game, Derrick Henry was actually leading the NFL in negative rushes. Ew. So there is a whole <laughs> no bueno. There, yeah, there is a whole lot of just running into the offensive line and stopping. Like the game against Tampa Bay in the first half, he has a 34 yard run. But if you take that run away, he was averaging 0.3 yards per carry. That's kind of the running back he is. Similar Titan in history was Chris Johnson. He was the same way. Yeah. You know, if, if he got the opportunity, he would hit the home run, but he wasn't always making those opportunities. Uh, fun fact is I actually talked to Chris Johnson on the phone on this past Friday or the Friday before because I live in Greenville, North Carolina, I'm an ECU alum, and he went to East Carolina University, and we were going and playing USF, I think, yeah, USF, not UCF, and he lives in Orlando, he was going to the game, and I go on this radio show every week, and my buddy that I've known my whole life runs has a weekly, a daily show, and uh, so we landed Chris Johnson on the interview, and I gotta say this, is that a lot of people send us messages saying, Really good job because he's a tough interview. He's a tough interview, but man, <laughs> that, that's one of my his one feet. of my favorite Titans of all time, man. Oh man, he's amazing, man. His feet uh, are so fast. But where? What? All right, um, Greg, go ahead, take your question, and then okay. I got one. Just, just one real quick. Uh, we talk a lot. I mean, we have a quarterback situation going on in our franchise right now too. Not quite the same as y'all because y'all pulled y'all's ours because of injury. Uh, but I talked to a lot of people from C3 Panthers podcast, people I follow online, uh, these guys here on the show with me and everything. But um, I never get an outsider's view unless it's somebody hating me. <laughs> you know, like, like unless it's somebody on Twitter that's bashing it and then I engage yeah. with them and they engage with something I say. So as somebody who I don't feel like it's going to bash me, what do you feel about Cam Newton? Like, it, if Ooh, Cam Newton good question. Market, good question. If Cam Newton went on the market, would you be interested? Yeah, would you would. want your team to pick him up? Well, if we're drafting based on fashion sense, he's number one pick overall. I don't care right. who you put him up against. Look, but uh, you know, there was there was there was actually some talk in Nashville when all of this first started going down in Carolina. Like, oh, should the Titans trade for Cam Newton? Should they try and get him away from Carolina? And 
I gotta say, man, I would be cool with that. I I, I know yeah. his MVP season, his MVP season, everybody's calling him the LeBron James of basketball. And if he could get back to that, man, I think that's an accurate comparison. Just a freak athlete, yeah. better quarterback than people give him credit for. I, I've always been a bit of a bit of a fan of his. Good to hear. Good answer, man. I appreciate that. That's awesome. <laughs> you got it. So, uh, Stoney, I'm going to jump in with with, uh, with my last question for you, and it's a, it's a two parter. Uh, so I asked this to all of the guests that we have on the podcast. And my question is, if the Tennessee Titans win this Sunday, if they beat the Carolina Panthers, what do they do and what do they do well in order to come out with the victory? And are you, as a podcaster, a fan of busting with the boys? I love bussing with the boys. How could you not? I, don't, I don't know what that says about me that uh, that I'm admitting that, but yeah, I love bussing with the boys. I catch catch most episode every every. For those every of you who don't know, the left yeah, tackle Taylor, Le- yeah, the left tackle uh, Taylor Lewan has a podcast with him and uh, a friend of his. I believe his friend played in the NFL too. But Will they Compton. have yeah, Will Compton. Okay, so they have other NFL players come on and just shoot the shit for an hour. Yeah. They've had yeah. Jalen Ramsey, uh, Quentin Nelson. They, they've had some, uh, oh, that sounds some big great. And, and listen, they're just bros. They're drinking beer. They're guys, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. They're talking about dick stories that they've told in the locker rooms and shit. And his it's stupid all, bus. And his, yeah, all, it's and, actually yeah, cool. And, yeah, that bus is cool as hell. A, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, but do you remember really awesome. Jordan Gross had a podcast. This is Gross. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was, was for it, the Carolina Panthers. It was nowhere near as authentic as okay. what Taylor the ones right. got. It's it's very much more real and down to earth. But yes, Stoney, to my original question, if the Titans win, what do they do? I think it is going to be a case where they're going to try and, and stay committed to Derrick Henry. I think that's that's the matchup you have on offense. But I love the chemistry that Ryan Tannehill has developed with backup tight end Jonu Smith, who's had to step up into a starting role because of the injury to Delaney Walker. Now, whether that's because they were both working with the twos all preseason and, and training camp uh, is up for debate. But I think they have matchups that they can take advantage of if they do that. Uh, but it's going to require protecting Ryan Tannehill, giving him time to uh, get plays off, and stopping the big play on defense. They did well earlier in the season with Austin Eckler, Devontae Freeman, backs that had more receiving yards than rushing yards, but Christian McCaffrey's a different beast altogether. I think this guy should be in the conversation for NFL MVP through 2019 so far. And uh, it's going to be tough. I I don't like this matchup for the Titans, and I'm actually not going to predict a win for the Titans this week because uh, the decision-making from the coaching staff, the bland offense, all of these things. uh, And if you'll remember earlier, I said this team could easily be two and six. I think that's the team that shows up this week. Wow. How about this is kudos to the guests coming in here trying to earn our favor talking about Cam. <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just Throwing trying to butter you guys up for Cam we're, we're and his dress. Fine, yeah. We're just eating this up. Bro, you are just putting it out. We're just eating this up. All right, what hey. what do you, what do you what is what do you see building in this team? Where do you see some where's the sign? Where's the silver lining? 
I think it's definitely the defense and specifically the young players on defense. We got big Jeff out there making plays. Jeffrey Simmons guy would have been a top five draft pick. If not for the injury, there were some character concerns. He slides to the Titans at 18 and two games in, he is making a difference, but then you've also got undrafted free agent, Isaiah Mack. That's making a difference on defense, making the most of his opportunities. These guys are going to extend Jarrell Casey's career by two seasons. This is going to be a good defensive line for the next coming years. Uh, Kevin Byard, all pro safety is uh, going to be was just signed uh, to a to a contract extension. Adoree Jackson's promising. You've got the linebacking core, Rashawn Evans, Harold Landry. These guys are going to be the the key pieces on this defense for years to come. And quite frankly, I think this defense is the only reason this team has four wins so far. What What do you do about the quarterback situation next year? Is this a do you is it a and, and there's it's hard. It's hard when you don't uh, – right, and this is the thing, is we – you're coming on a, the longest-running Panthers fan podcast ever, right? Like, we, we don't – we just don't stop talking about this team. We're not cool. <laughs> We're not good at it. We just don't quit. But we have been I'm, – I'm a Cam Newton – I'm gay for Cam Newton, right? There like, you go, it, Like, it comes, like, to that. It really does. Love is love. Yeah, love exactly. Is love. Love, uh, is love, love is love. Exactly. So what we get is we get a bunch of people who are unappreciative of Cam. And what I mean by that is you don't want to – what Cam does for us and has done for us for the last eight years has put us in a world where we know who our quarterback is. Sure. We don't want to be in the land of who is our quarterback – we have been in that land. That land is not a fantasy. It's a nightmare. And there's kind of two theories to think about it. Is you either are going all in on a cat, like a Mariota or somebody, whoever the next guy is, and you have to give him three years. you got to give him three years. And you really probably should give him four. But Or you can piecemeal it for a year or two until you think you have that moment or something else works out. Are you in the all in again, or is it a piecemeal moment for the Titans next year? It's a tough question. Sorry. I think it's a tough question. I think it's a little bit of both to be honest with you. And I don't think this is going to be a very popular take among Titans fans, but I think you're in a unique position where Tannehill's deal is up at the end of the year. And based on what I've seen so far, this dude's worth another year or or maybe two years. And with the quarterback class coming up, John Robinson has shown a propensity to go get his guy if he wants him. So you find a quarterback in this upcoming class, you go get him and you go all in with the the um, the safety net being Tannehill, assuming he continues to play the way he's played so far. Are, are there any prospects you think just quarterback wise? Is there you anybody know, you, you think you might reach for? The the rumors the rumors here are surrounding Jake Fromm because nobody thinks this Titans team is going to be bad enough to get a pick uh, and, and take Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Justin Herbert, one of those guys. Uh, personally, I want to see some more from Joe Burrow. Uh, I think Jake. Yeah, Fromm, I agree. I, I agree with this take one hundred percent. And my wife's family is a Georgia uh, fan. We're all Georgia fans. I like Fromm, but I don't know if I see him as fantastic either. But you know what? If I may jump in, I don't think that 
that you even need to have a fantastic quarterback. I think you just need to have a quarterback that can do really just enough. And like I've said this for years, I think Burrow Matt, might Matt be more. Ryan, like I think I'm kind of leaning towards the Burrow. Matt Ryan is not in my mind an elite NFL MVP caliber quarterback like everyone says he is. He's the kind of player that when you put a talented football team around him, hey, that that machine can go. And I think the Titans really do have and have had for a while one of the more underrated rosters in the NFL. I think that Taja is sharp is a name that doesn't get enough credit. Um, I, I really um, uh, like uh, the the wide receiver you guys drafted in 2017. His Corey name Davis. Um, yeah, Corey Davison. I mean, and, and now AJ Brown. I mean, in, in my opinion, I had him rated higher than DK Metcalf. So they have playmakers. And and Jake Fromm, I mean, he's not special, but that would be a good pick for them. Yeah, I feel like Jake Fromm has more game manager written all over him than than anything else. And I think that if you're in a position where you're drafting 15 to 20 or somewhere like right. that, I think that's a good get. I don't think it's bad to be a game manager when you look at what the Titans have gone through this season. All right, let, yeah. we, we got to get you out of here. But before you go... What questions do you have for us? We're turning the microphone over to you. Yeah, Man, I just want to ask you guys, what scares you about the Tennessee Titans, if anything? Oh, God. Yeah, so I've, 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 kind, of, I've kind of already said this. Uh, Derrick Henry is, without a doubt, what frightens me the most. Um, but then, and I kind of just alluded to it, they do have some underrated wide receivers. And kind of like how Kyle Allen has been just enough for the Carolina Panthers to win, I think that um, Tannehill and this offense, especially if they're able to um, uh, initiate that run game, that if uh, Tannehill is able to do just enough, that is a team that's perfectly capable of walking into Bank of America and and giving us a real fist fight and potentially walking out with a W. Yeah, and we saw this team play hot and cold a season ago. They lose to a terrible Bills team at home, and then they go and beat the New England Patriots, beat the brakes off of them at home. So this is a team that's capable of of doing that. I I will point out that this offense, for whatever reason, Art Smith, a uh, rookie offensive coordinator, they didn't throw the ball to the wide receivers much at all against the worst pass defense in the league last week against Tampa Bay. At one point in the game, Titans wide receivers totaled three catches for 14 yards. So I, I would I would point out Jonu Smith again, the tight end. Look for look for the chemistry between him and Tannehill as a uh, a threat to make some plays. So hey, uh, I know you haven't heard from me yet. I've been dealing with a son who won't go to bed. Um, but uh, this is Cody. I'm up here in Roanoke, Virginia. Another actually, Cody. Uh, this is yeah, Cody. Sir, another Cody. Yeah, we another go, I, I go by CK on the po- yeah. I go by CK on the podcast. Um, but my my uh, my biggest fear to answer your question would be how inconsistent but unpredictable the Titans are. That's like, a great way to put see- it. What a great way to put it. There's, you could see the Titans team that will show up in Foxborough and just beat the brakes off the Patriots, or you'll see the ones who show up and just get blown out by any nobody, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, you just don't know who to who you can, what 
what the Titans are. I mean, like they're so inconsistent, but they will show up and show out in the most random games. And I'm just afraid that it's going to be against Carolina, that it's going to just be piled on from last week. So my biggest fear is finding out that the people, that the Titans that show up are the Titans that we don't want to show up. Can I ask one question though, before you answer it, when did the uh, Titans beat the brakes off the Patriots? 2018, middle of the season, uh, it was 34-10, something like that. Okay. I was about to say, like, I was like, man, when was this? I missed this. Yeah, All right. Now continue. Sorry. Oh, and they, they beat the Eagles in overtime uh, early in the season last year, too. And I think those two performances sandwiched a, a, a game, a dud against the Buffalo Bills. And then they go, they still somehow managed to go into the final game of the season against the Indianapolis Colts with Blaine Gabbard at quarterback, having the chance to get into the playoffs with a win. And they just completely shit the bed. So welcome to being a Titans fan. Mm. (laughs) All right. So I think my answer to your question about what we're concerned about is, look, our defense has not been able to stop the run. And I haven't pulled up your running statistics, but it doesn't matter those names and the paychecks you read me on the offensive line, I wonder when that comes together. Our defensive line has, in some ways, feasted against some teams, and it shows some promise of being an elite pass-rushing team. But then the weaknesses in our run game expose some limitations to our defensive line, I think. And to me, it is... does if. If I'm the Panthers, I say this. I do what other people have done to us, and that is we just stop the run. Let's put 10 in the box. I don't care how many you got to put it. But I actually don't see the Panthers do that enough. And maybe criticism to Ron Rivera on this is sometimes I don't see them trying to make a team one-dimensional, but they just try to be kind of good at everything. Maybe we just say this. We sell out completely against the run, and we say if Ryan Tannehill beats us, then he beats us. Yeah, and I, I think um, it's a valid concern because this At some point, line, they got to be good, right? They can't be yeah, that bad. And they started this season an outright disaster. Um, I think it was – I can't remember who it was against, but uh, they allowed nine sacks on Mariota in a single game. But Jaguars, was it the Jaguars? It it might've been, it was either the Jaguars or the Colts. I can't, I can't remember, but as the seasons progressed and specifically since they made the change at quarterback, the pass protections a little bit better, you're you're starting to see them, you know, get some, some chunk yardage in the run game. And, you know, if that continues to progress, then it could potentially be a problem for that Panthers front. All right. Anybody else got uh, – who's got the mic left? Who we got We got left on the mic to respond I was going to answer his question. I was going to answer his question real quick. I, I, mine kind of goes with Tony's. I, I kind of agree with him. I, I feel like we – the way I look at the Panthers, we sell out on one thing and, and – well, I don't want to say that because it's kind of something you're saying. No, we sell out. Whenever I feel like we have a good matchup with wide receivers and our cornerbacks – we don't. We always really bad. <laughs> and, and meaning that is, I, I don't look at Tajay Sharp and Corey Davis uh, as, as elite wide receivers, but they're good wide receivers. Well, how do you know? DJ Shark. They're, yeah, they're, they're don't watch them, dude. Two, how do we three. know? 
Well, not even that, just the quarterbacks. <laughs> well, my, my, my thing is, like, most of the time when a team has an elite receiver like a Mike Evans or Julio Jones, we right. generally – Julio's ripped up on a couple times. We generally bog them down and do pretty well. Whenever we have a team that I guess we're not expecting a pass attack from, they tear us up like DJ Shark did a couple of weeks ago. Mm, um, and, and like I was saying, Tajay Sharp and uh, Corey Davis are very similar to DJ Shark, uh, both in height, speed, uh, you know, length of arms, everything. So that would be my biggest fear is that we underestimate this passing attack and we get just thrown over the top all, all night long. Or all I will I will say this. The, the Titans invested a second-round pick in A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss. This guy has had a tendency to just pop up a couple times this season and go for 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. I think he has potential to be that sort of number one receiver in this offense. I do, too. I really and they too. also signed yeah. Adam Humphreys in free agency to come That's in. And yeah, a lot of money. A lot of money. All right, we got to get yeah. Stoney out of here. Before you go, what the heck? Tell us about the name. The name Stony, yeah, bro. That is that is my legal name, man. It's got to be my... a num- It's got to be the number one question that everybody asks you is what is yeah, the no. genesis of this name? So, man, my dad was a uh, a pretty out there cat. He was an artist, uh, sign painter, did a lot of uh, you know weird weird art paintings on cars and stuff like that. And he had a deal with my mom. If I was a boy, he got to name me. If I was a girl, she got to name me. And they met because of my uncle Tony. So my dad with this crazy brain, (laughs) my dad with this crazy brain is like, I want to name him after uncle Tony, but I don't want to name him Tony. So how about Stony? There we go. That's that's why I'm, that's what I'm (laughs) I'm into. All right. So here, great, great story though. Super quick because you'll appreciate it. When I was in graduate school, this younger, she was an undergraduate. She was brilliant. She was an English, she was an English tutor and she would hang out in the lab that I worked at and I would get her help and I was in grad school and I would get her help. Her name was Rainy Brake. That was her name, Rainy Brake. How about that? All yeah, right. So I, I... one day she was applying. We heard her call. She was uh, on the line with Emory, which is a very fantastic school in georgia and she is applying to get in there to phd program and you know when you can hear one side of a conversation and you don't exactly know what the other person says but you get exactly what they're saying so she was talking to them and she said this she said rainy summer break and she said yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah (laughs) so her name was rainy summer break (laughs) and uh then she told us her brother's name which was just as hipped out and this cat this one guy and he was a preacher's son he was so conservative too and he had the best joke in the whole world he said well you know your parents have been chained to a tree at some point in their life (laughs) 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 like uh rainy summer break in the history lab at east carolina i love you thank you for helping me in graduate school stony Tell them how they can listen to your to your podcast through the Overtime Network. Yeah, sure thing. Shout out Vivid Seats, mybookie.ag. I know yeah. about the read, brother. Come on, re up. Yeah. So <laughs> you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Stony Keeley. Follow the podcast at Sobros Titans. I've got everything posted there. I'm the uh, editor in chief at SobrosNetwork.com. I cover the Tennessee Titans, the NFL, college football 
a whole myriad of nonsense. If you go look at the site, you're going to be like, what the hell is this place? So um, follow us at Sobros Network and check out SobrosNetwork.com. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Please feel free. You're always welcome on the show. Uh, thank you and good night, guys. We actually need to move on to the calls. We still have like 20 calls to go. All right. So I'm just going to go ahead and play it up, Cody. Let's slam these calls. Go ahead. <laughs> go. Go. But like I was saying, uh, when you see all these teams that are just playing great football right now, I, I don't know how you see a situation where we bring Cam back. Is it, I mean, Cam's not going to be 100% in the next two, three weeks. I just don't see how. And then you got all these other good teams that are going to be in the wild card. If we somehow make the wild card, I mean, how how far are we really going to go? So you get in the playoffs and lose in the first round. Now you're stuck with a twenty-something draft pick. And I'm really, what was it for? You know, you made the playoffs, but you didn't go nowhere. I mean, you like I said, you're not going to compete for the Super Bowl every year. So sometimes you're going to have a bad season. And that's where you get that, that, that good draft pick to build on. Um, I never want to tank a season because I really don't have another reason to watch football other than me just liking to watch football. But if we bring Cam back early again, we're doing the same thing we've done to him his whole career. And to say if we don't make a deep run this year that Cam's not there next year, I don't, that's not fair to Cam Newton. He's been hurt. How is that Cam Newton's fault? You know? Uh, if Cam comes back 100% this season, then great. But if we're not in a position to where we actually think we're going to compete for a Super Bowl, I why not just sit him and make sure that he's 100% for next season? Because I guarantee you, if Cam comes back 100%, he's going to ball out. And with the, the pieces we have on this team, we will be a damn good football team, one of the best in the NFL. Um, that's just the thought train I was having when I said tank. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I, that's an interesting question I because, and I think, actually, I wanted to move on just because we've got so many calls, but this was kind of the reason, guys, that I led to that question is what does Ron Rivera really need to do? Like, is the team ready to be what we needed to be to risk him, or do we try to, you know, it's a, a very complicated question. Let's go on to the next call while you guys think about that. I think. Hello. Yeah, I did. Yeah, sorry. It's an empty call. It's two minutes and forty-four seconds and nothing. Well, bro, what's up, C three fam? Chef Jeff here. Oh, you want to say Chef something? Chef Jeff, you want to get up in? There? Uh, I mean, no. I, I was, uh, I was going to real quickly say that uh, you know he said that it's hard to be a contender every year, and it's you have to have the the perfect blend of talented roster. And, and good enough coaching. And for a while, we felt Ron Rivera was good enough. I, I think now we're feeling kind of different. But real quick, just yes or no, did you want Cam Newton to come back this season? Mine's a simple answer, yes. I've seen too much film. Kyle Allen um, doesn't oh, yeah. read the field very well. 
I no, mean, listen. Like, uh, yeah, do but is that question really about do you want him back over <laughs> Kyle Allen? My, I think the question is slightly complicated by do you want Cam Newton back and we go not a ten and six and miss the playoffs or nine and eight? I think you have to. I think you got to not. Right. Every year is an opportunity. You can't give up on it yet. Yeah, it's too you're, early. You're, you're flirting with intentionally tanking if you talk about not bringing him back just to get a better draft pick. Right. Yep. All right, next All right. call. It is to ruminate over our uh, embarrassing loss Jeff. San Francisco Sunday. Cover it, listen Cody. To a couple Ron Rivera interviews, yeah. you know, listen, listen to the radio, stuff like that. Kyle Allen's going to start, which I'm fine with. Um, Cam Newton's not 100%. He doesn't need to start. Um, I'm fine with that. But after watching the game, uh, you know, another offensive snaps, a whole set of offensive snaps, and then the defense snaps I watched twice. Uh, that game, I said earlier that it was maybe 70% coaching, 30% players. I'm really, I'm leaning more towards 90% coaching and 10% players. Um, I know we don't know what they're saying on the field, how they feel. But to me, body language is everything, and ha- on every single big gash play, especially the run plays and the swing passes, they don't, San Francisco only ran like seven or eight different plays that just gashed us every single time. Every single time they ran them. And all I see is the leaders of our defense throwing up their hands and looking to the sidelines. Luke Keekley looked the most confused I've ever seen him. Every play, he was in the wrong position. Now, you can't tell me that just magically he he just just had a bad game and the worst game of his career. No, 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 no. He was in the wrong position because the play calling put him in the wrong position. Yeah. Almost every single time. Uh, Ron Rivera even half admitted to that. But, uh, you know. That's just what I think. I'll uh, be listening tonight. Uh, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Thanks, Chef Jeff. Uh, Greg, if you had something you wanted to say to jump in, man. Yeah, just real quick, because I'm sure uh, some people talking about this in the chat, and it's about the fourth or fifth time we've had somebody talk about Cam Newton. If he's not 100%, don't bring him back. Let, let, let's think about this, folks. It's week eight of the season. Nobody is 100%. Nobody who's playing football yeah. right now is 100%. Everybody's nicked up. Everybody has some kind of injury. Even if it's not something that's going to stop them from playing, they've got some kind of soreness to them, okay? So nobody's 100%. The question is not 100%. It's whether you're able to play without further injuring yourself, okay? And there's a difference in the two. I mean, look, look at uh, Drew Brees last week. He's not 100%. Every time he sat down on the sideline, he, he re- grabbed for his thumb and was massaging his thumb, but he was well enough to play, okay? So that's the difference. Now, the, I don't of, know. He, he looked pretty back. good. Yeah, he did. On that Go is... back and look at him on the sideline. He was not 100%, man. He was hurting. Well, I broke my yeah. finger in when I was 18, and it still hurts. Your hand will never be 100% again, but you'll throw a football again, right? Yeah. I I mean, you could throw it without breaking your hand. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry. All right. So, ahead, so I just want uh, – yeah, it's okay. Go ahead, man. I was just going to say one quick thing. I think one asterisk to the thing of, uh, you know, m- making sure they come back to where they won't hurt themselves, but also making sure if they come back, they can contribute to winning. Yeah. Just come back because they're healthy, you know, and that's one of the things I think is where the question really lies. And so I think 
you know, we can clearly know that Cam Newton helps us win. So we've just got to be able to understand that him being 100% isn't necessarily the question. It's him being able to come back and be the Cam Newton we know he is. I think I think the real question is this, and it's a hard question because nobody really ever wants to give up. You don't ever want to quit, right? But the idea is this, is there a, at what point do you realize that you're not – it's not the year? I'm not saying we've realized that yet, but you. a lot of people were talking shit about saying, hey, Christian McCaffrey was in that game, and we're down four scores. It's over. You know, It depends on Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I feel like we have missed opportunities to seize this year. We could have seized the Rams game. We could have seized the Tampa game. I think we last year, and and I I think I'm still salty. The Ron Rivera era will be dubbed the years of missed opportunities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm salty, Cody. I think I'm salty from Pittsburgh last year. And the saltiness is that this is like right when I'm ready to pull my thing out and throw it on the table and be like, "Ha, mugs." (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's what I'm saying that's on coaching. And I did want to pinpoint something that Jeff said about Luke Kingsley having a bad game. This also goes to Kyle Shanahan because one of the things that heard online is that Kyle Shanahan, uh, he wanted to get Luke Kingsley guessing as to what he was going to do. So they were doing silent motions and hand counts. So instead of Jimmy Garoppolo calling out shit at the line of scrimmage, they were doing subtle things to cause Luke Kingsley to not know what like the, the caller said, like the caller said, chess, not checkers. Yeah, right. right. And, and and Shanahan is playing checkers on a different level than our coaches are. And that's what worries me. A lot of other coaches that we're going to have to play are playing at that level as well. I want to remind everybody that you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We're here every Tuesday night. We're also here after the games. It's the longest-running Panthers podcast. You can be a part of the show at 252-228-5098. Over 50 people watching now live. Look at that. People giving us our time. Why don't you give us one more effort? Smash the thumbs-up button. Help the Carolina Panthers and Panther Nation grow as a fan base. Guys, we got to keep pushing on through with these calls. Oh, don't forget, we sell T-shirts, too. Do you sell with Stan with Cam? Actually, we don't make any money off of it. I got, like, eight left. Why don't you buy one? You can find the links in the show in the show notes. Next call. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, the Black Cat, Brandon Herbert. And, Brandon Herbert. Uh, Brandon uh, Herbert. I want to reiterate. Up, I've had uh, some time to think about it. And how wrong most of y'all are <laughs> on the podcast. I am in that's a, a great thousand, call. a trillion percent right. in Cody's <laughs> corner um, when he talks about the coaching staff. This coaching staff needs oh, to go. How you can't say? Wait, wait, wait! I'm pausing the call. Not re- you can't no, say y'all are wrong. You can't say y'all are wrong and then say the other half are right. Yeah, he said I'm right, and, and he said basically CK was right. Too. I thought Cody he was about to give he, he, us. I thought he was about to say that y'all were all fucked up with James Bradbury, and he sucks a big fatty. But all right, here we go. <laughs> Come on, play. Why aren't you playing? All What's right. going on, guys? Right, How wrong most of y'all are? On oh, the, most of on y'all. The I I am in a 
thousand a trillion percent in Cody's corner um, when he talks about the coaching staff. This coaching staff needs to go, and to not realize the importance of coaching. Yes, the players have to execute, but at the same time, it's your job as a coach to teach the technique, teach the execution. To real, if, if that's the case, if anybody can, that means anybody could be a coach because obviously you, people talk about how talented coaches are. It's because they scheme ways to sometimes, uh, to, 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 play to the strengths, not the weaknesses of your team. So <laughs> that means nobody would be talking about a Sean McVay. Nobody wouldn't be talking about, uh, you know, Bill Belichick that does it with the uh, least amount of talent each year. Like, coaching is very important, and it's disappointing that y'all can't realize that. Um, yes. I guarantee you, if you put a Brandon great Herber's coach so out definitive. there, he's always so definitive. It doesn't matter and, the and talent the level. There's no right or wrong. Yeah, yeah, because that's how important coaching is. Coaching is is everything, especially to the NFL, which I think the NFL, well, football in general, coaching plays Tell more of a factor than right, any I'm, other. Sport. I need to pause the cause. I'm pausing the call for a second because. When we look at half of the behind-the-scenes shows when it comes to any of them, like from The Last Chance You to All the Way Up, these coaches, 90%, at least what they're showing, unless they're just hiding something, half the time are just speaking in fucking platitudes. Right. Where they're just like, go ahead, make sure you, like, don't forget, you gotta cover, yeah, I mean, it is a little, I, I, understand that professionals make a difference when you are the elite at your position your job but look at how many jackass coaches there are that aren't but all right keep going because it's literally like a chess piece a chess <laughs> matchup i want all right and... uh, another thing another one other thing stopping this is y'all motherfuckers y'all motherfuckers if y'all don't play chess stop using the chess reference Stop using chess, Tony. That's why you see somebody take the same amount of talent and that they went one and fifteen and turned it around because uh, that it takes talent to be a coach. We did not change the fifty-three man for having a great coaching staff. It does take talent to be a coach. Yes, that's why everything like Cody. It also takes a big giant D to be a porn star. Team is really talented but you put out a product like that I, that's I, I think that's reasonable I think that's unacceptable, reasonable unacceptable it is unacceptable and especially because you are a defensive coordinator at heart that's what you're supposed to be good at if the offense is just bad still need to fix it but that's that's one thing alright alright all right, so some some points there I think are relevant, but I think overlooks a couple of things. I think one makes everything so more dramatic than it truly is. Two mm -hmm. is this: is that if you go back and look at the twelve hundred people that watched our last uh, our post game, it seems like San Francisco Nation is big time because them mugs come out in the comments sections like that. All those views were not Carolina Panther fans. 
That's the thing. I promise you that. But one guy said this. He said, y'all talking about the coaching and the coaching and coaching, but we just punched you in the effing mouth. Exactly. And exactly. he said, he said, look at this. He said, and and remember this, their defense was talking shit to our players on the field. Remember at the end of the game when Jarris Wright didn't catch that ball? And boy, that guy was like, you scared as a mug. Like they, they just manned, I, I think to a certain degree, just manned us in that game. And while and- I understand that you think that's coaching, I don't think Ron Rivera makes – Julius Peppers, which I know he's not on the team right now, his, you know what, any bigger than it already was. No, but see, here's the deal, man. And this is something that one of the guys, uh, a San Francisco fan commented on the video after the game or after the, the, the live stream ended, that he was saying absolutely the 49ers have better personnel than we do. Listen, that's bullshit. The 49ers are not – no, it is bullshit. Okay. The 49ers are not a more talented football team from the top to the bottom than we are. They use better game planning. They're not a less talented team. They're not it's a less talented simple. team. No, no, okay, but we were not 13 to 51 difference in talented. That's my point. Uh, Kyle Shanahan but there's like and, there, and those enough coaches culpability were to able players, to do man. a lot more with the same amount of talent. And and that, that, that's what I'm saying. If, if Shanahan had our football Here team, we go if he was the coach of our football team, he would have been able to do the exact same shit with the Panthers to San Francisco, uh, I promise. I cannot believe that. All right, I, I don't know why they're trying to, trying to, to, I just to think deny you're this. overrating Shanahan's role in it, but go ahead, I agree. Greg. Okay, look, here's the thing. I want, I want to make myself real clear about this i am not saying that it has nothing to do with coaching that that the way the game turns i'm not saying that at all it does have to do with coaching and the way the players play but cody you even said just a moment ago that kyle shanahan said that he was going to scheme to confuse luke keekley not to confuse ron rivera not to confuse north turner to confuse luke keekley and i've seen Mm. luke keekley more times than not on a play call an audible put people in positions change everything up when he sees what's going on there, okay? So you cannot say it's all Yes, I can, because that's even more to my point. He no, knows it does. Yes, it does. He knows it doesn't have to outsmart Ron Rivera. He has to outsmart Luke, and that's right. the problem. Well, isn't that what you that's said about Ron Peyton Rivera. Manning? Didn't you say the same thing about Peyton Manning back in the day? Listen, here's the deal. And I alluded to this last Sunday. Who we thought the Panthers were going into this game, either we were 100% wrong or we have to figure out what the fuck we watched. Did okay? you ever think we might right. just have a bad day? Let me use We can have no. a bad day. Well, and I, I, will not take, I will not take that as a real excuse. I can't, that one irritates me. It's like, no, you can't have a bad day when there's only 16 days. But you Sorry, can. you don't you can. want to ask college. But yeah, all right. Well, yeah, you can. But the other thing I think, though, and this is why I'm irri- uh, slightly irritated by the coaches and the chess matchup, like this analogy, is I think at the end of the day, this is kind of like 
if you are like trying to lay the wood on a, a you know you know the, you know the thing you're trying to do the thing right is that you might have the best technique you might get your tongue action and this and that and you do all this and you know all this you put the candles out you do all this put the pedals out do all this the panthers still have a big dick tony oh, no. Roger see, no, doesn't no. know how to use it all right no see Roger i think doesn't know how to i don't use think i think dick. yeah all right well you just stole it see this I is know, why everybody loves cody this is why everybody loves cody God. but I'm that's what i think that. at some point you can't have a you at some point you just got a little dick the Panthers don't have a okay. little dick. Right. Ron Rivera, right. Ron Rivera we has do a without Cam. We without Cam, we got one that needs a little uh, ED medicine. Blue shoes. the blue shoes. It is not an equal Cam matchup. Cam is their, our blue their defense, is, their defense is far superior to ours. And right. we had more. And we had more sacks going into the football game than they did. Sacks so what, what is that Cody you're talking about? Fucked and fucked we had more pressures. <laughs> And we had more pressers. I'm telling you, if y'all want, listen, if y'all want to chalk it up to San Francisco had a better team than us. No, no, we don't think that. No, we don't think that. I mean, that that is what you're saying. No, but Bruce Irvin, how about this? Bruce Irvin, Bruce Irvin came out after this game and said that they weren't a better team than us. So he said what you're saying. But, but can a player really say that after you get a molly whomping like that? Right. Listen, they are a better team. They're seven and zero, dude. Right. They're seven and zero. At some point, yes. Garoppolo (laughs) sucks. Fine. Garoppolo sucks. Are better. No, no, because they play shitty. You're right, Cody. Because the coaches are better, but the players are better too. We can't. No, they're not. All right. We we came. Do we have Do we have a Bosa on our team? No, we don't Brian have a Bosa. Burns. No, but he's not Bosa. He's not top five. He wasn't top five. Not the same. It's not the same. You know it's, it's not a... the same. Oh, all right. Do they uh, have a Luke Kuechly? Was Michael Strahan Arm, drafted uh... top five? How about Demarcus Lawrence? What are we doing? Because now you're saying that they're, that because their roster was better than ours – that's Dude, why they you beat were it. all on board. Pack- you know what? Forever. Shush. All right, let's go to the Dude, next the- goal. Let's go to the next goal. Oh, we're going to keep it going man. in a little while. What's up, Panther Nation? Y'all know who this is. This is G. G. Kavassi. Kavassi. Hey, man. I'm getting that, you know, San Francisco ass whipping that we got <laughs> on Sunday <clears throat> in the past or whatever. You know, I was really hoping he's going to pick up that left tackle from the Redskins, man. I was really hoping on that, but here it is, what, 8.30 at night, and I don't see anything, so, oh, well. Now, back to the damn Panthers, man. I'm not worried. This is one damn game. Everyone is calling for, you know, the quarterback's head. It's one damn game. I can see if this motherfucker lost five games in a row, man. You know what I'm saying? That's something damn different. Jimmy Clausen, you know what I'm saying? But uh I know y'all remember that asshole. But anyway, yeah, he threw three picks. You know what I'm saying? He got his little cherry popped and everything like that. It is okay. We will be fine, man. We still got, what, nine games left or whatever? We'll be fine. We're going to bounce back and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not worried about Tennessee, even though Tennessee has a good defense that people do not talk about. Their defense is pretty good. 
I still see us running through them. I still see us beating Green Bay, too. Why, Cody, why in the hell I read your text? Why in the hell they switch that shit to 4 o'clock, man? Oh, another primetime game. I know, man. It's because so Cam's coming back, man. That shit by That's why. Because so Cam's coming back. Boom. We hope. It's Greg's, it's Greg's TV show. It's Greg's TV show. How about this? Is Ashlyn Rizzo. Um, and I can't see your portrait picture, but it looks like you're in a wedding dress. So I assume you're just that the most beautiful, you're just beautiful as can be given beautiful knowledge in the chat room, really educating us. She said this as a female, it's not about size. It's a, not about how you use it. It's, it's not, it's, it's neither. She's saying when you compare it to someone else's, that's a whole different ball game. Don't think you're the only one that has a member. Yeah, read the next comic yet, too. It's a good one. And then, yeah, she goes on. It's not a self-evaluation. You can't compare yourself to another. And when you do that, you have to compare apples to apples. And with that, we didn't match up. Boom. I know. I know. I don't even know where to go with that other than <laughs> uh, having a big D. Only well, I don't even know where to go with it. But thank you, Ashlyn, for... <laughs> For say, for supporting the podcast and these barbarians who are trying to figure out how Cam Newton can dress like that and still be so dang wonderful. <laughs> next call. Hey guys. Oh, actually, no. Before Gosh, the next man. call, do you, is this is wasn't all of that about the fact that uh, that Cam Newton we're flexing it? Cam Newton's not playing this week. No, he's not playing this week, and. Um, but guys, and, and listen, this it goes back to what I'm saying. I'm not, you know, we're not just overreacting and calling Ron Rivera a bad coach because of this bid down. Like we're not, we're not overreacting off of one football game here. Now, uh, okay, all right. Uh, so we're we're going to play. We're going to play the Green Bay Packers in prime time. Okay, and and everyone's going to watch this. And again, we're at home. They're one. They're a top five team in football right now. How many of you are confident enough in this team and this coaching staff that we're gonna go in there and we're gonna win that game? How confident are you that that's mm. gonna happen? You know, when you say team and coaching staff, do you, are you talking about just? Were you talking the about Carolina the Panthers versus the Green Bay Packers and Lambeau Field? How confident are you? At this point, not very confident. Not very confident at all. But. Right. But it's not just because of coaching that I'm not confident. We also don't line up with some of the talent there. I've been climbing so the hill. But Cody has been on. courting us to this stupid hill. He's been courting us the whole time. I mean, it's true. And there's, and there's still room. I don't know what it was yeah, taking out so long, man. Here's Come on. Call. Like, what do I have to no, do? That, <laughs> that's Robert, Herbert. Let me see. Is this it? Is this Josh? It's Josh from Max. Hey, first time call. This is Charles calling from Super nope. 2. Watch the game and no, I already missed it. Ron, Ron and that court and our coaching staff let, let me down big time. Yeah, they did because they made no adjustments from the first half to the second half. They didn't do anything. To be, how am I gonna say this? He didn't do anything. Can make any kind of adjustment to make it easier for Kyle. He didn't do anything on the defense. So. I think it's time for him to go. I don't know what y'all thinking, him and Noah. I think it's time for them to go. I'm interested to hear what y'all got to say. Thank yeah, you. I think Cody's got your back, brother. Let's see it goes. Go to Josh. Hey, um, 
This, this is, is Chuck not here, Josh. Panther fan. Where is Josh at? Where did you go? Nope. Not that one. What's going on? This guys? is Brandon. It's your boy the Black. You What's just up? had it. The nation. Y'all know what this is. There it's after G. Yeah, this is it. Hey, um No. Okay, we listen to that fan. one. Here it is. Hey, first time call this is Charles calling from two five. Where is Josh? Watch the game, time, man. Right no. Yo, Ron, Ron in that court. Hey, my name's Frank. I'm actually a... Uh, I don't know where court. Josh is at. I don't know where Josh is at. Y'all take care. Y'all talk Josh for is a second. About, I, Josh will is about to I will find it. Y'all I will find it. Y'all talk. I will fix it. Y'all talk. He is going to drive from Massachusetts and shave the mustache off your that face. He if you do... <laughs> If you do not play that man, where is he? Go? go ahead, y'all talk. I, got I mean, it. I'm yeah. Listening. Uh, um, listen, uh, Ken Die. But before What's you up, jump you? off, Ken Die said there's too much negativity. What's going on? Man? And I kind of agree with him. But if anything, what I say is I'm What's being positive because I don't is. believe I still believe the Carolina Panthers hey, um, have one of the best rosters in football. Barnard, hey, dude. First time call, Barnard. Call, call, and I'm, I'm saying that when Cam Newton comes back, hey, my name's Frank. That actually... this is a football team that can still be a contender, but it's going to be incumbent upon our players being a bunch of big dick badasses and getting the job done. And I have confidence that our players can do that. I believe that they can overcome our coaching staff. I have to. That that's that's how I have to be optimistic. So Cody, so, with with that, Cam Newton comes back and the defense is coached better because Cam Newton comes back. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, and honestly, well, here's my here's my question. Here's my thing. Here's what I'm focused on, and this is where I think that people are kind of getting off on the wrong track. Um, and and I might sound a little uh, heated on this, but when you think about this, if our offense, if Cam Newton comes back, right, if he were in that game, like I mentioned earlier in the show. If he converts half of those fourth down conversions, well, guess what? This is now instead of a uh, 51 to 13 beatdown, hey, maybe it's a, a 21 to 40, right? Maybe it's a, a, a 28 to 35. There are so many things you got to think about. When you think about our defense, yeah, early on they were getting gashed, right? They were getting destroyed. But when you're on the field, I have to check the time of possession, but I'm telling you, like our defense was exhausted by the end of that. They, yes. our, our offense. Is there also anything to Shaq and the thing that happened with his mother? You know, poor guy. I mean, like think about that. No, too. I, I really, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's as much as that. And this is why I'm not putting as much of this loss on North Turner. It's hard on your defense. When your quarterback is terrible on third. By the way, the Panthers were 2 of 14 on third down. Okay, Kyle Allen was not ridden the field. Kyle Allen was throwing the football right to them. Our defense was already tired. And then, uh, yeah, on top of that, didn't we have to run back on the field after their offense just ran you down? So, yeah, the defense is going to play better when a healthy Cam Newton is back on the field. Absolutely. Back to CK. 
But all I was saying is that I think that, you know, to, to judge the defense based on that one game, yeah, we haven't been great against the run. Uh, but, you know, it's like that all the time throughout the games. The reason our run defenses look so suspect is we've allowed big, at least one big play out of every running back that's ran for over 100 yards against us. More you take away that, that one yeah. big play. You would be, you're going to be surprised. Away. You're going to be surprised about the time of possession numbers. Panthers had the ball for 26-59. 49ers, 33. I thought it would be more. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's not, yeah. it, it felt like longer, but I think CK's onto it with this, is that part of the problem is this, is our defense also was big in giving up those gashers. And even Ron Rivera talked about that in his press conference. All right, I think I got Josh from Mass this call. Hey, guys. Josh from Mass. I think we've all had a few days nope. to marinate. In the, uh, <laughs> Did you really say the aftermath of Sunday? Dude, I don't hear after. anything. Do y'all? You don't hear anything? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right, that. because I forgot. I turned it off. because I've Tony been listen- Don, I've been what are we to doing co- here, man? Up. Here it is. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, Josh from nope. Mass. Still don't hear anything. <laughs> you don't hear anything. I think we've all had a few days. No, I don't hear nothing. Marinate in the uh, oh, okay. the aftermath of Sunday's disaster and uh, what this a is shit Josh? show. You know, yeah, what is shit? I, I mean, here I'll start it over. A fucking mass. I think we've yes, all had a few days. Josh from Mass. Marinate in y'all the. The aftermath of Sunday's disaster. And, yeah, uh, and this show disaster. You know, I, I mean, it's hard to not take this one uh, real bad because you look at how tight and competitive the NFC is this year. Um, and uh, He feels tired. Doesn't he sound tired? Yeah, it like yeah. That, that's really what makes sounds, this sounds bludgeoned. So so <laughs> troubling to see. Now granted, I don't think there's too much in our future as far as the schedule that, that could result in another truly abominable outcome such as that. But you know, uh I feel like it just puts a whole lot of pressure on the team to to not necessarily right the wrongs, but just to, to Try to put together a season where really we to be to just get it out there. We we can't lose any more games this year. I agree. You know, uh, realistically, you hope your team doesn't lose any games every year, but we all know that that's 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 just not the nature of the beast usually. <laughs> um, you know, you like to have a little breathing room and and. You know, being five and two at the halfway instead of in four and three gives you a little breathing room. You know, a team that loses two, maybe three games can probably still win a division, can probably not have to be a wild card team. Um, but, you know, given this year, given, you know, you look at the teams who are presently on the outside looking in, um, if the playoffs started today, you know, you got teams like the Seahawks, the Rams, um, and you know, Vikings and Green Bay. I believe, I believe their records are pretty close, back and forth. And it's, I think, what it does is it puts a lot of pressure on us to win 
specific games. I mean, obviously, we need to beat the Saints both times. We, we need to. There is no maybe possibly kind of. Uh, we have to beat Green Bay. We have to beat Seattle. So it's just that game itself was, was one problem, but I feel like it just puts a whole lot of pressure on the team going forward this year. And uh curious to see if they can make it happen. Keep pounding. Right to the end of the call. Wonderful. Thank you for the call, Josh. Sorry it took so long to get you on. And I think Cody has highlighted this in the past is that we strangely do control our destiny in having to play the Saints and having to play the Seahawks and having to play a lot of these teams. But it does feel like at this point – it's hard. It's going to be hard to catch up. Thank you, Greg, for pointing out there's only two games behind the Saints. We really need to bludgeon them. We also could use one team in the NFL to beat their ass. Hey, first time call. This is Charles calling from 252. Watch What's the up, game, Charles? man. Yo, up, Ron, Thanks for calling. Ron and, that court and our coaching staff let, let me down big time. Yeah. Because... Listen they to what all these callers are saying. The first half to the second half, they didn't do anything. To be, how am I going to say this? He didn't do anything and make any kind of adjustment yes. to make it easier for Kyle. He didn't do anything on the defense. So, no adjustments. I think it's time for him to go. I don't know what y'all think of him and Noah. I think it's time for them to go. I'm going to start to hear what y'all got to say. It's harder, it's harder and harder to defend against Cody's position on this. That's what I would say well, each that, and every week. And thing. I think this week was sort of a definitive smack. Like, if you think of this as like you're hammering a nail in the coffin, this was a good, solid strike to the nail. Yeah. One statement I'll make on that, and, and Greg, I want to address the comment you made, which is we always give credit to Olsen, McCaffrey, and everything when we have a good game. I, I think we give pretty good credit to Ron, the four-game winning streak, because we were saying that defense stepped up. Ron's doing a great job playing, you know, doing play calling at the helm of the defense. Yeah. You know, I know for a fact that me, you know, I did a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, credibility was given to him because of the, the fact that he was able to win those games that weren't exactly blowouts in a manner that was, uh, you know, almost just – allowing us to believe that he could coach this team beyond the regular season again, you know, and then this game happens. And now all of a sudden those fears of what happened last year and the fact that he let cam, you know, clearly if he cam couldn't jog around the field, he couldn't jog in practice either. Right. So you got to know Ron Rivera saw those things. So now all of these things are starting to come back up because we're realizing, Hey, maybe Ron has been making really bad decisions for this team, not only late last year, but early this year, and now all of a sudden we have a reminder of what happened after the Steelers game because of this game against the 49ers. I think when you add all of that stuff up to defend and say that, I mean, we all agree that there is some that falls on coaching, but I think there is so much more that people don't realize that falls on coaching with this game than than is actually, you know, everybody's using execution for the players. At the point that I made last or on Sunday, 53 men don't just not show up. Yeah. You know, that's that's not how this works. It's, it, there is going to be a, a trickle-down effect. When our, un, you know, whether or not they deserve it or not, when our unemployment rate goes down, you know, we praise the president. Or when it goes up, all of a sudden the president's doing the worst job. Now, is he get out there giving people jobs? No. 
But we right. we know that it kind of comes from the top down. And so to not blame him for a loss like this is a big deal. And I think that's where we need to start really looking at clearly the reason. I'm not saying Ron by himself, but I think that they weren't doing enough. Well, well, what? Everybody's well, yeah. happy. Everybody's impressed. Way to go, CK. <laughs> Well, no, no, you, you raised very good points, CK. Like, and, and I can't really argue that. My, my biggest thing is I just don't want everybody saying everything. The, the, the whole reason we lost is because of coaching. I don't, it wasn't. I don't, it, it I don't think anybody would agree with lost. that. Yeah. It, I, think, I think everybody knows that. Our, bigger part. I think what gives you guys, I think what gives CK and Cody's arguments some of the most credence in my mind is that. I find I just find it harder and harder. I actually thought this is I thought that the San Francisco game is sort of a statement game, not a statement game about our season, but a Ron Rivera statement game. When is the yeah. time we get okay. the Ron Rivera statement game? You think about this: is we ref, we we need this, we need the Forty ers to have a beat a team that they that matters. We said the same thing about the Panthers in 2015. We need Cam to show you he can be a quarterback that is the quarterback you want him to be. We need these like this moment where we see you are helping get us to where we need to be. And every time I think it's the time for Ron Rivera, we miss it. It's a missed opportunity. This was a missed opportunity, and that's where it's harder and harder to defend. And this San Francisco 49ers game should not feel as important as it feels to me. That's where I know this is funky. There's something weird about this because we just won, what, four in a row? No, whatever we won with Cam, with, with Kyle Allen, we should be over the moon. We, we played a tough team and we got beat. But no, we, got, we didn't get beat. We got smoked. And on top of that, now we're questioning our damn existence. That's where mm -hmm. it's problematic for me. Next call. Hey, my name's Frank. I'm actually a uh, member of the Bills Mafia. Big fan What's of up, Sean Frank? McDermott. Um, coming from, you know, Carolina. Our defense has been pretty good. Thanks for calling, anyway, brother. so it looks like they're building their team kind of the same way Carolina was their Super Bowl year, you know, pretty solid defense, strong arm quarterback that can be mobile. Um, my question for you guys, as far as Cam Newton, uh, there's speculation whether he's going to start, whether he's going to leave next season. I don't really care about that, but let's say he does leave. He spent eight seasons as a starter at that point, four playoff appearances, one Super Bowl appearance. I think he's three and four in the playoffs, beat some pretty good teams, lost a couple games. Maybe he, they could have won. What's your overall opinion on the Panthers versus their competition during the years that he's been your starting quarterback and under Ron Rivera. Anyway, um, watching the podcast, uh, go Bills, and hey, man, I root for the uh, the Panthers as my NFC team, and I'm actually a buddy of Cody's, so he showed me the podcast, and I love it, so keep it up. Well, thank See you ya. so much for the support. Uh, whichever Cody showed him the podcast, take the question first. Yes, he's here to jump in, man. Yeah, man. Uh, so when when we talk about Cam Newton as far as, you know, when you think about his legacy, I think that's part of the question is, do we feel like when you stack his legacy against somebody of maybe a higher caliber like a Breeze or a Brady or something like, do we feel like Cam, if his career ended today, do we feel like 
he deserves to be recognized as one of the greatest in the history of the NFL, right? And I think the numbers and stats kind of lead credence to that. I think there's a lot that makes me believe that is the case. Um, it, whether or not I, – I, I'm torn on a lot of the, the subject matter here, so I'm going to let somebody else continue. But I, I think that Cam Newton – Cody, you're always, One Cody yeah, to always, the other Cody. Yeah, I, I think Cam Newton will all, always uh, be the greatest player, uh, at least uh, until another Cam Newton comes along, at least in the Panthers' history. And so I'm, I'm just – I have a hard time betting against that guy. I believe that Cam Newton has had to elevate a football team of average to below average offensive talent for a lot of years here in Carolina um, on an offense that was predicated on throwing the football down the field to big bodied wide receivers that don't separate well. And it's just unfortunate because now when we finally have made an effort to put pieces around him in the form of McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, now the health issues have started to pop up and arise. So it's like we've never gotten to see this this uh, version of Cam Newton that is as accurate as any other elite quarterback in the NFL that can be the pocket-passing quarterback that he has always been, the quarterback that can dissect the defense. That is who Cam Newton is. But unless you watch this show, with dedicated Panther fans, you'll never know that because all these other analysts on ESPN and Fox News, they don't see it the way that that we see it with Cam Newton. So Cam Newton is still the unquestioned heart and soul of our football team, and uh, Panther fans will rue the day that Cam Newton is no longer in the Carolina Panther uniform. Let's hope that is not for a while. You know, when I think about this, Cody, when I come back and I just follow in those footsteps of what you're talking about, but I have like some secret terror, like some secret night terrors. And like one of those is Cam Newton not being a Panther, right? I was just scared of that day. But then the dream gets worse. And it's, Carol, it's Cam Newton goes to another team and does well, goes to another team and does well, right? And then the the nightmare of all nightmares is that Cam Newton goes to another team and prospers. Like in a way that we wish he could with us. All of those dreams, what I come back to and say this to the caller, your Buffalo Bills fan, is look, is we've got four players in the history of our team that have been, I think, special. And I don't think you can count Kevin Green because he wasn't really a Panther. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't all happen here. But I think those four players are Julius Peppers, Cam Newton, Steve Smith, and Luke Keekley. They're special, special players of all time. And so when it comes to Cam Newton, his guys, man, is that our biggest fear is that we've done him wrong. He's fantastic. He need I, We want him to be more. If he was done now, he would still have been sensational. But I would just say he's like, for us... He's like what O.J. Simpson is to you guys, except for Cam Newton doesn't murder people. He's been a fantastic addition to our community and a wonderful person. Like, think about that's how important, uh, theoretically, he is. And I continue to say this. Screw all the narrative that Cam Newton is a bad teammate and bad person because he, out of all the people I see, all this crap with the Antonio Browns to everybody, Cam Newton has not been that for one second in his time. 
with the Carolina Panthers. He's very special to me. He gets that stigma because of the one thing after the Super Bowl, the walking away after the Super Bowl, and the season that he would put his towel over his head whenever he would go to the sideline. And, and it, that stuck with him ever, his whole career, even though he's not like that anymore. Uh, he, he wasn't like that very long at all. I think they believed it before that, too. It was all the towel over his head those first two years, and they yeah. wanted to not like him because he's black. Let's just be honest. No, I agree. But the, the problem with it is you got people who don't really pay that much attention to Panthers games that are making these comments. You got people that are like uh, sports commentators like Jason Whitlock and people like that that claim they watch the games, and they may, but I guarantee you they're getting all their stuff from a, from a, um, a, a somebody study, pulling up their research for them, just putting it in front of them, and they're just, they're just spitting it. They may have a little bit of opinion in that too, but they're not watching all these games. Like, There's no way these people who are making all these comments are watching them. They see what they see on SportsCenter, what they see on Fox Sports News, and they run with that, whatever narrative is given with them. Uh, for me... Well, I think where the... Go ahead. Sorry. Well, what I was going to say is that, uh, you know, one of the arguments that I get so frustrated with is especially these people that don't really follow Cam or anything. And I've mentioned it before are the people who want to sit there and question his leadership and his mm-hmm. will to actually want to be uh, the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. People don't believe he wants to go out there and win. He doesn't act like he's a leader. He doesn't act like he lives and eats football 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And to that, you know, and, and to Frank, me and Frank, obviously, uh, one of my buddies, uh, we had our discussion on Cam. I respect his position because he uses stats and he doesn't bring in the aspect of Cam doesn't act like a leader. He doesn't bring that aspect of it into play. But when people do, I feel like they lose a lot of credibility because Cam Newton, if you watch anything of him, you see a leader. You see somebody who has who's working endlessly to try to bring this team to a Super Bowl championship. If like, anything, that's all I feel he wants. If anything, he feels the part of his problem is he feels too much pressure. I think so, too. And I think that that's part of the organization and the coaching yeah. because they haven't done enough to alleviate him having to be the MVP on the team every yeah, single year. And it's year. become an emotional this, thing almost, I think. Yeah, and then when we finally get somebody around who's going to take a little bit of that load off with Christian McCaffrey, what happens? He's hurt because he's getting older and he's a mobile quarterback. That's yeah. how it happens. And they don't. You know? and they so want Daryl Williams to be left tackle. Next call is nine seconds. I don't know if it's. Do cool. you think Panthers uh, should have drafted or went back and got Josh Norman that he was open for trade? Ooh. Thanks. All right. This was a question that came up earlier in the chat room. I want to address. No movement. All of a sudden, we tried to hear all these stories about the Jets trading their whole team or whatever. You've heard these stupid stories about people thinking that Panthers were going to trade Cam Newton, which I would tell you this. If the Panthers traded Cam Newton this year, I think I would have had a hard time doing this show still. But nothing really, nothing happened for us. What did you think about that? He brought up Josh Norman. Quiet on the trade deadline, Cody. Uh, yeah, we really didn't do anything uh, this trade deadline. Um, it doesn't really surprise me. I put on Twitter that uh, if we traded for AJ Green, I was going to do the show shirtless tonight. Uh, so you were all spared seeing my hairy chest. Uh, and, and I frankly did it because I knew that it really wasn't going to happen. Um, you know, I uh, really, there weren't a lot of moves made at all. But, I mean, there I, were a lot of rumors about Trent Williams, about a lot of different. Uh, the NFL trade season has been relatively 
lackluster. It was this year. Greg, you kept pointing out. Tell me about this. You kept saying there's a missing spot on a roster. What's right. the deal yeah, with this? Well, there's a story supposedly goes along with it. Yeah, well, I didn't read much on it. I just read that we cleared up the uh, one spot on the roster, so we were carrying 52, and a story that I read today was that before the day, the trade deadline came at 4 o'clock today, that Herney had a plan, and he had a plan for that one spot. And then, lo and behold, 4 o'clock rolls around, and I message you guys, and uh, nothing's happened. No. And then a story comes out, we're just going to roll with that open spot for the rest of the season. For the whole rest so, of the season? Like, you that's don't what get to add I'm anybody? Sure gonna, oh, I'm sure they're going to put, like, a punt returner or something in there. Somebody... It's some nobody that that'll fumble the ball, like you said. At some point, but why are we so bad? Whoever we bring in, it doesn't matter who they are. They muff the damn punt, and we haven't mm -hmm. lost it a lot. But our punt, our return game sucks. Ashlyn says, "Don't need help in the secondary." Two years ago, we could have, but was injured and not needed at this point. Referring to the call about Norman. Next what up, call. What up? This is Jill from Oregon. I have to finally calm down from Sunday. Um, All over Sunday the place tonight. Terrible, but we're on to the new week. But yeah, we're in Oregon. I just have to say, I went back and watched that game. The receivers were open. It was throws that Kyle just, he was hesitating on. He wouldn't throw and he would get sacked. But the receivers were wide open. So I'm sure that, you know, you look at it and say, yeah, Norm is, you know, he's not calling the right plays, but maybe Norm is limited because he knows that Kyle can't do everything that in the playbook. There was a lot of, I'm not talking about throws that was just, you know, 40 yarders. It was his first 15 yards they were giving us. Richard Sherman was just sitting there. He was, DJ was cooking them all game, but he just wasn't getting the ball. Um, he was, it was throws that they just were not, he was not throwing, he wasn't seeing because he can't read the field. Greg Olson was open a lot too. Um, so that's something we got to fix. Uh, but that, that loss is on Ron. Um, he played 4-3 that whole game. So none of the hybrid things like that. You know, we were doing all summer, you know. But, um, is it really a 4-3, though, if Bruce Irvin is your end? I think the defense slow, you know, this is a big You can't so. 51 off a bye. That's a big one. You can't get that done to you. But, you know, Ron is terrible off a bye. So what do you expect? Um, with that said, I think defense have a better showing next game, but if Kyle struggles next week, I would suggest that the defense could struggle too. And with that being said, the defense could keep in their mind like it doesn't matter what we do, this guy can't move the ball. But I think, you know, we got this McCaffrey, so I think we'll be Tennessee easily, so I'm not worried about that. But if it did come down the line and if Cam wasn't back by Green Bay, um, I think Cam would be back by Green Bay. But that's the target, um I'm just, I'm just ready for championship tonight and see what we can do. Um, I think we'll be very motivated because this team has so much talent, but if we don't, we got to win out. We got to win a lot of games. If we got to beat the Falcons twice, and I think if Ron loses to the Falcons once, he possibly can get fired right in there because the Falcons are terrible. And the, at the same, at the rate that the Saints going, they're probably not going to lose. Uh, no game soon, so we're going to have to get a wild card. So we're going to have to win these title games. And it's perfect. If you get hot late, get a wild card. Giants did it. Ravens did it. So it's possible. We've got to keep to do it. Because you got to get our defense in order. you got to get that run defense in order. Because that run defense is terrible. I mean, that was just uncalled for. They didn't even throw the ball if you look at it. Like, they didn't throw the ball that much. 
Officer Brian. All right, I think it. this is the same person. Okay, continue. Greg continue. Little, is he going to retire? This is the biggest podcast this before the server. protocol for second time already, you know, so that's kind of troubling. Um, I just think Ron has just, I think he's doing too much. He knows he's on the hot seat, you know. After this loss, he knows he's on the hot seat. So I'm sure that soon as Cam Newton practices, he's going to be telling us everything because I think Ron knows that if he needs, he needs Cam back, for him to keep keep his job, you know, and I don't want Ron to keep his job on the hook. I don't know if anybody. If it, I don't know if, if he's gonna be interested to see what. what you know. Yeah. So I, I think, think so. I think he will make the playoffs. We got I think talent. you're right. He should make the playoffs. You know, I think that all the teams that we got left left on the schedule, they're all beatable. You know, they're all beatable. So we just got to go in there, let him care about Kyle Little, get his last show in this week on Tennessee, a good shot, give him a chance for the ball. Get the water All right, and this might be crazy, but I think the le- next, oh, yeah. and we're not oh, going to do it. If the the, the next so five calls up, are all yours, bro, we can't. What's up, C3? No, all right. What's what's up, up, <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, I'm taking up a little bit of time on the second call, but I had to call. I was having some ideas bounce off my head when I was hearing the podcast. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but our defense last year was the uh, bottom half of the league or like 15th or something like yeah, that in run defense good. at the end of the year. And that was before we started implementing the 3-4. So uh, I think it's been a little bit of a continuing problem with Ron Rivera's defense. And uh, on to Ron Rivera, uh, I honestly think he may have just started putting the nails in his coffin with that game this past weekend. And honestly, if he's not able to bounce back and have the defense have basically an almost shutout day against the Titans, he may have just lost his job. Because uh, I don't see David Tepper messing around it. You know, this isn't Jerry Richardson era anymore. So we'll see. Um, and I have to ask a question. It's Cam and Ron. You know, if we ever lose Ron, it's probably the statistics say we're probably not going to get as good of a coach. We might get a great offensive coach or whatever, but Ron Rivera has been a good coach. And you're rolling into rolling the dice when you get rid of them. That's the risk I'm willing to take. But answer this. When has Ron Rivera or when has Cam Newton ever won a game because of Ron Rivera? Because from how I see it, a lot of the times he wins the games in spite of Ron Rivera. Now, mm-hmm. if somebody could correct me and point to an example of when, you know, Ron Rivera helped I got Cam it. win a game. I got it, but it's all, yeah. twenty thirteen. Uh, I'll be listening. Thanks, guys. Keep on. I got the example, but the sad part is it's 2013. Ron Rivera punts the ball with less than two minutes left in the game in the rainiest game in the history of the world versus the Saints. We punted the ball, and we were losing. And that was the time Cam threw the touchdown to Hakeem Nicks. Like, and he made this fantastic catch. Cam made this throw that was like six inches off the ground, but still late. Like, everything, it was awesome. And we all said, why the hell is Ron Rivera punting the ball? And it worked. And, by the way, to the Bills caller, I was listening to the Bills game on the radio, and Sean McDermott did the same exact thing in this game, except for they were down 20. (laughs) I want to talk about the importance of uh, backup players. If anybody noticed, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs had to bring someone off the street, uh, Matt Moore, 
uh, last, this last week, um, how important it is to have depth. Um, so give me a shout out. All right, man. Yeah, no, that's a, right that's on. a good point. You gotta have, uh, <laughs> you have to have, Hey man, I mean, but listen, we've, we've been talking about it all season. You know, the rotation that we have on our defensive line, uh, is, I mean, we have a lot of guys that can get after the passer. And that's part of the reason why I'm staunch on we do have one of the better teams in football. Uh, and and you, you're seeing that a lot this season, from Gardner Minshew to Kyle Allen to Teddy Bridgewater. And, and now you're talking about uh, Matt Moore coming in for uh, Patrick Mahomes, the mm-hmm. former NFL MVP. So um, And we all know about what Nick Foles did in the Super Bowl. So um, mm-hmm. it, quality depth is very important. Well, and you're right. always going to be injured. You know, and now, I mean, we can point this to the conversation, the offensive line. We don't really need to have it now. But, you know, we've got Trey Turner. Like, there's always movement. So you better have enough backup players that are good enough to keep your ship afloat. And thank, and kudos to Kyle Allen for doing that. Um, <laughs> we're not going to debate for 45 more minutes. Josh, again. <laughs> Um, just something I thought of as far as the whole coaching versus players debate. Um, you want a prime example of why coaching matters? I mean, there's Nobody one said one it that's been did going matter. for the years. I mean, maybe it's more obvious to me because I live up here and I have to hear it every <laughs> fucking year. Dude, Bill Belichick. Stupid or are you going to tell me that it's the Tom Brady show and Tom Brady's the reason this yeah. team has been relevant? For Have you seen his hand decades. job video? It's a combination of both. Come on, you need no more proof than that. Oh well, he got fired from the Browns just because the Browns. You look at the the organization as a whole at that time. Uh, ifs and buts. There was there's massive problems. Basically, they were. They were running the organization like, if you don't take us to the promised land, Josh's you're fired. Cody's That's basically how it all went. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's that's not a real uh, commentary on Bill and the things he did or didn't do. That's yes, it is. Shush. Just that organization. Some organizations are just. They just they're just dumb as hell. Right, right. they're dumpster this. fires. Gonna, yeah, I agree. With I'm stopping the call there. And here's the By thing. By the way, no, I here's the thing. Think of Bill yeah. Walsh and fucking Joe Montana. Think of, um, and Joe Montana won without him. Yep. But think of also um, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, or all the coaches who have had a great quarter. Like you can't. Have you ever seen a quarterback? Uh, when was the only coach that won? Wh- tell me the coach that won a Super Bowl with a bad team. A bad no, team somebody, altogether. Yeah, exactly. A bad talent. Somebody name the team. But listen, the wires the coach... are getting crossed here. Listen, the wires are getting crossed here. No, y'all are and... crossing. No, them. they're not. You and Greg are not saying that coaching doesn't matter. Correct. Thank right. you. We're not right. saying okay. it doesn't matter. Right. Jesus. And we're not saying that 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 coaches can make a play for the players. But when your team isn't prepared for a big game like that and you know you have a talented football team, preparation is on your coaches every single time. And if the the Carolina Panthers 
were not prepared. It was because of Ron Rivera. No, maybe if you're in Pop Warner football, but when you're making $35 million this year and you've been doing it for the last 25 years of your life, preparation is somewhat on you too. Sorry, yeah, it's, on, it's on everyone, but it, no, too. it's on everyone, but it's, exactly. man, it's manly on Ron Rivera. But he still can't make them physically do it. It's like I was telling you about the carrot before. I can tell you eat a carrot every, you know, three But Greg, hours, are you going to tell me that, 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 that Luke Kingsley doesn't know how to tackle? Of course no, Luke but, but knows I'm, how to I'm saying tackle. Luke Kingsley might, might miss a tackle. Are you going to blame that on Ron Rivera if Luke Kingsley misses a tackle? I'm saying we have seen this too many seasons in a having... row to write it off as <laughs> uh, as players and players and players. A fun conversation. Same, I'm gonna harp down on argument. the same all right, shit. All right, all right, all right. So that's it. All right, we got we've got. I think that's all the calls. Let's go ahead. Super pick, quick picks, and um, I think there's only two NFC South games. Panthers host the Titans. We're four and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, the Panthers got to get right here, mm-hmm. and if the Panthers don't get right here, then we then the, <laughs> imagine this stupid conversation. Then and then, <laughs> uh, but the the Panthers are going to win this. They're going to put up some points. Twenty seven, mm. seventeen Panthers. They cover the spread, and the. No push on the over. The over was over under was what forty two. Wouldn't that make forty two? Was twenty seven seventeen? Is that right? No, that'd be forty four. So they go over. Yeah. Uh, I am going to take Carolina in a much closer matchup. I haven't. Uh, I'm going to say twenty one seventeen. All right. CK, what you got, man? Um. Like I Dude, said, I'm just I, – I hate Titans. to say it. Is anybody playing the Titans? I think I have to just because the Titans show up when they're not supposed to. Yes, I like and, well, How gutsy. And so – and plus the last time – few times I've picked against the Panthers, they've won. So there's a little bit of uh, selfishness in me picking against them now. All right. I like it. And uh, Greg? Um, I'm at a 21-14. Right. I'm going to go serious so, get-right so. game. Carolina uh, is going to win 38-17. No, 38-21. 38-21, taking the over. We're going to have a defensive touchdown. Christian McCaffrey is going to score at least three touchdowns somehow through the air or or on the ground. It is possible since Tevin Coleman had four against us. I know. It is possible to do that. Um the other game is who else is playing this week? It was uh, the Saints know. and the Falcons are on a bye, so it's the Bucks at who are they? Bucks at Seattle. Oh, Seattle six and a half point favorites. I think I'm I'm ready to take the Seattle Seahawks on this. I mean, why would you pick the Bucks at any point? Yes, they have the ability to put up points, but good gosh, can they really go? I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks here, and I think they win somewhere in the range of maybe 23-19. How do you get a 19? I don't know. We'll have to have a safety in there. Uh, I'm 
I mean, normally, when I, normally whenever I predict a team to win big, it's always either close or the team I'm choosing and loses. Uh, but I am going to say Seattle by a good margin. I think it's going to be around uh, uh, around 37-17, I'll say. CK? We need the Bucks to win because right now, Ooh. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks have been playing for a while. I like your style, mm-hmm. brother. Um, we do need the Bucks to win, uh, and I'm going to say the Bucks show up because the Seattle Seahawks have been less than impressive the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks show up and they win 35-28. Ooh, something the Bucks would do, jerks, too. Yep. They would do something CK, like that. CK, can we make this a, bike, a bicycle for two men? Because I was going to say mm-hmm. the same thing. Uh, I think where, where the Bucks are really strong is their front seven. And I but think that if you could get stop... after him against the Titans or who was it well, last week? That's, that's just one one game though. I mean, they shut down Christian McCaffrey a couple times. They they shut down good Todd Gurley. Yeah, like, good run stop. Yeah, they're good run stop. So I I think that if they can shut down Chris Carson and they can shut down Russell Wilson because that's what they the Seahawks historically do best is they're a great running team. Uh, I think they've got the offensive power to put up the numbers. They put up forties a couple times this year already. I think uh, the Bucks have. Or maybe not 40s, maybe high 30s. Uh, I'm going to go with Bucks. I'm going to go with CK, and I'm going to say 30-24 Bucks. All right. 30-24 Once again, what you learned is nobody knows what the hell is going to happen. That's exactly <laughs> what you learned from all of our guessing at nonsense in so many ways. All right, so I think that's about it. We just got to ice some mugs out and let's get out of here. Um, I got to try to grab a beat writer because the San Francisco, I also fell asleep. I was supposed to call somebody up and I fell asleep. I had a bad, sick day last week, but I got to get the beat report back. But other than that, uh, we're just back to the post game after the Titans. So let's ice some fools up. And then, well, what is it? Is it a one o'clock game this week? Please say yes. Uh, yes, it is. It is. The post game is so much better at one. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I may or may not be going to this game. We'll see. Okay. All right. Mm. So who you got to ice up? What you got? Uh, who wants to start? Um, I, I don't know if anybody has something offhand. I kind of got something that I can Good. use to go Good. first. I'm going to – I'm going to ice up uh, two and one. Uh, I'm going to ice up Senator – Richard Burr oh, from thank North you. Carolina, thank you. Uh, thank along you. with along with what the NCAA, because uh, in, in case you didn't hear, the NCAA uh, has now permitted that college athletes can make money off of their name and likeness. And by the way, before everyone starts giving NCAA all this kudos, the NCAA is forced into this after California passed their legislation to allow. Uh, college athletes to be able to do this, they know that it's just a domino effect. And right. eventually, they, if they don't get out ahead of this and if they're behind the curve when all these other states are letting players do this, then the domino effect is just going to fall and crumble them and bad PR up and down. So they're not good guys, okay? They just did this to save face. But Senator Richard Burr, now who's all up in his feelings because of this, he now... He now uh, put out a tweet that says if college athletes are going to make money off their likenesses while in school, their scholarships should be treated like income. I'm introducing a legislation that subjects scholarships 
given to athletes who choose to cash in to income taxes. So Richard Burr is salty as shit to these uh, players that are putting their body through a rigorous amount, going through training and two-a-days and having to manage their classrooms and their GPAs and having to diet and go to the weight room and go to team meetings, all these things on top of each other. And if they get hurt, guess what? They might be done playing football forever. So I want to say F Richard Burr, and I will fuck Richard Burr, but I also say to him and the NCAA, ice up, son. I think you also should point out he's our state senator, too. I did, North Carolina. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, it makes it even worse. Yeah. (laughs) All right, who wants it next? I got it. I'm still thinking somebody else got to go. All right, CK, you got anything, or you want to need me to go? No, I, I can uh, I can ice some up, somebody up, and it goes back to the original ice up. Welcome to Miami, keep to leave. Ice up, son. Ice up. <laughs> yeah. I know. I thought that was fun. Uh, that was kind of on my mind as well. Um, I think I want to ice up. Hmm. Who do I want to ice up? I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good one this week. I really want to. I'm I'm icing up Ron Rivera. That's what I'm going to do. I'm icing up Ron Rivera because Cody and CK, they've become these fanboys. All the fans, and they've sent them fan letters now to Cody and stuff. And they say, like, oh, the. Nah, is that I think you're right. At the end of the day, is that each each and every moment that I try to offer some evidence of falling the other way. Uh, I think that you guys are winning the argument right now. So my my position is Ron ice up and win the argument back. I guess. Other than that, again, I want him. I think everybody here would agree we want Ron to be successful. Of course we do. Yeah, a successful. Yeah, yeah everybody successful wants that. Ron, successful Ron Rivera equals successful successful Carolina Panthers. We're and sexful Carolina Panthers. And mm. sexy, sexy for Carolina Oh, actually, you know what? I will add this ice up. Is I was thinking about this today. Is all the bullshit that happens. Uh, I heard another thing with Odell Beckham Jr., which is nothing. It was so minor. And how shitty the Browns are. But then you think of all of the hype around all these people. All the distractions of these certain players that are just ridiculous. Whether it comes to Antonio Brown. To late, you know, whatever. And the idea that Cam is not, that, like, people associate, like, he's not been any of that to us. So all those people, too, screw you. And don't forget, you can't toss the what, our best player in the franchise history to the side just because four games of Kyle Allen. So ice up to all you fools that want to dump your girlfriend just because one other girl batted her eyes at you and she a slut. Yeah, and a basic bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's actually a better way of describing it. Yeah. Basic. Right. <clears throat> well, Tony kind of stole mine, man. I was sitting here thinking, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I was like, I got to ice up the Panthers. Uh, so I'll just give <laughs> a little bit different of an explanation, uh, mainly because of this this beat down we took. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna mm. give blame to both coaching and the players because I truly do feel like it's not Ron Rivera's fault when Luke Keekley misses an arm tackle. And the same manner, it's not it's not Christian McCaffrey's fault when we're first and goal on the one yard line with one play left and they run Christian McCaffrey on an in round sweep. So because of that, I'm gonna say the entire Panthers organization needs to ice up. We need to get ourselves together, get on one page, 
and come back from this beatdown we just had and have that be the point in our season that we turn ourselves around, we make the playoffs, we do a push right here, beat the hell out of the fucking Saints, man. And, yeah, let, let's do it, man. Want, Panthers, ice up. I, agree. I just want there to be a situation that exists where nobody gets to say, I told you so. Yeah, I would where, want that. Can we, just have, can we all just be happy? Can we have <laughs> oh, that happened? moment where we get <laughs> to that point and we all I, I, I am not giving up on this season. No one who's uh-huh. blaming the coaches or the players are giving up on this season. Keep pounding, motherfuckers. That's our motto. Keep pounding. It's not stop pounding when the going gets rough. It's keep pounding. And that's what the fuck we do on the C3 Carolina Cat Chronicles podcast, baby. Right. passion. That's it. My name's Tony Dunn. You find us on Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. live, post-game show, at cat underscore chronicles. Subscribe, smash the thumbs up button. Cody, where can they hit you up on Twitter? At Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C on Twitter. Hit me up, man. Oh, and hey, shout out to Dakota Tumbleston. And I, I'm telling you, we are going to have a C3 Discord. Me and Tony are going to make that happen. Yeah, I will make that t- happen. You got to teach me all about it. I we will, we will do it. The, the, the Discord is coming. What I promise. Oh, we will. Trust me. You will hear it. It'll be fantastic for all of our fans. And uh, a brand new draft type draft tomorrow. Uh, brand new comments for the Panthers and the Houston Texans. Greg, where can they get you? Uh, you can hit me up directly at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter, or you can talk to me through my other show. It's the Super Civil Servant Podcast at SCS Podcast One on Twitter. CK Code Dizzle Allen, the coolest name on Twitter, is the boy asleep. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you guys can find me at <laughs> Ron's Number One Fan dot com. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 You silly. You silly. I hope your kid wakes up uh, no. right now. <laughs> I uh Dizzle Allen, man. Pretty easy to to, to spell That's it awesome. out. But uh I'm always on the on the Twitter with uh on the on the Twitter doing the tweeting thing with there you go. uh Tony. How many uh, how, ma- how like many we got to hundred yet? We're not at 100. I can tell you that much. He's at 91. I bet. Listen, 91 get, or 92. Get this like man Somebody's, to 100 followers. Yeah. Come yeah. on. This yeah. man needs 100 First followers. Step. Do it. Let's do it by the and uh, if you're time. Listen, we see each all other to the Sunday. 30 people listen to this podcast at the end. God bless you. You better already be following them. All right. We'll be here after the game. <laughs> C3 Panthers podcast. Keep pounding. Keep motherfucking pounding.